Oh, no, 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 no. No, seriously. Come on. But on demand, raw and uncut interviews, and all without no ads. Once it's false and once that's true, and the Rachel Sick grows too. America, America is here for you. Stories from the city. They sent to Graham. He'll read the man, be amazed. But Darren may say no. Once it's red and one says blue. But if it's false, it just won't do. <laughs> America, America is here for you. You know, I think that's the same chick that does the one THC yeah, jingle. Yeah, I think so. hey, your mom sings real good, buddy. <laughs> anyway. Thanks. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Great America Show, the three-year anniversary, anniversary, Fandango. We got James. Upgrade, and... upgrade, fundraiser, Shh, You too. don't get to talk until I introduce you, remember? We'll say the intro right now. Okay. But first, as always, Graham, it's too bad we're ugly Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Good. How you doing? Good. We got James Nation here too, a friend of the show, yeah. supporter, Flip local supporter, hey, what's up? becoming our tech support guy pretty quick. We're scrambling big time with uh, Periscope and Mixler and just trying to do something live here because we're going to do a little fundraiser fundraiser completion because we had a bunch of people donating. So before we forget, thank you very much for our new recording computer. Appreciate all the support. Oh, it says the mixer has poor sound. Can you try just, uh, oh boy. sometimes if you just shut it off and back on, it fixes it. Here, you just keep talking. <laughs> You're going to be on, on the recording coming over to help me behind my back here, buddy. I'll, I'll just, uh, you keep talking, James, and we'll... You guys talk. So how you, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for your help. Hey, thanks for the pizza today. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be here back in the igloo today. James is going to take a skydive in this summer, yeah. for sure. And we're going to try and periscope it or something like that. It should be fun. You guys are going to lose your minds. And what were you talking about taking a ride in the in the cloud seating plane? Yeah. So we have pilots that do cloud seating and you, stuff. No way, really? Yeah. And uh, I talked to her and she said that she'll take us for a ride the next time she goes on her little mission. Wow, really? Yeah. What does she think about geoengineering? Uh, I don't know. Will we, yeah, I really you, like, got too deep into it with Yeah, her? I'll let you uh, oh, melt her brain with that one. <laughs> <laughs> We asked James asked the pizza delivery guy if he if he uh, knew anything about chemtrails and he didn't he didn't get it What's at all. What's chemtrails, man? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Darren's just doing some little uh, technical stuff. We're gonna call a bunch of listeners t tonight as well, and we're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, if any of you guys listening want to go in, just uh, message or something. We'll try and squeeze in as many people as we can. Grams, you remember you're on video. <laughs> <laughs> Graham's worried we're not going to have enough time, but uh, I think we'll have tons of time. So uh, we've got a bunch of people lined up already, so we'll kind of go through them. But if you're interested in joining, just shoot us a tweet or something like that, and we'll try and squeeze in people. After we get to the people we've already committed to, we'll try and squeeze in people at the end. So don't just call us. Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. Or you can call us if we tell you to. Yeah. Just so that we don't have 10 people calling at once. Not that that's going to be a problem. So I think I'm ready to, I think everything's good. Yeah. So we're, well, just to explain it too, we're going to do a draw. We're going to put all the names in the hat later, a little later and do the draw for somebody to come on the show with us with a, the guest of their choice. And we've got a bunch of swag here and an iPad for giveaway. And uh, James, when are you going to go around and uh, 
show off the new computer that we bought with the uh, listeners' fund. You want to do with that with the later, listeners' or? money? We'll do that later when we do that segment. Eh? Oh yeah, we okay. go, we'll show every, We'll give everyone a good uh, tour of the studio Gotta a little save, bit later as well. Save the good stuff. You know, I don't want to give it all away at once. Yeah, then they're just all gonna leave. Yeah, we got seven people watching. Is that all? <laughs> Well, that's kind Tell of your friends to come watch the show live. <clears throat> so what do you want to do? Do you want to get in touch with uh, Kevin right away since he's waited up until yeah, yeah, 3 in the sure. morning? Yeah, we're going to call overseas. Um, do you want to do that now then? Yeah, yeah, call, see if he answers. Okay. You can't do whatever you just did. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we are calling. And James turned off the sound. Yeah, call overseas. Oh. Uh-oh. Is that going to keep happening? Is that like a thing? <laughs> Sorry, we're good now. How do you get the oh. link? Oh, hey, Darren. Hey, how's it going, Kevin? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Good to speak to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for staying up late. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I've been uh, dug out my old laptop to do everything on my phone and my tablet. I forgot I better use my laptop and uh, it's, it's not been particularly good. So I've been sitting here buggering around with it for the last two hours. <laughs> Perfect. What time is it? Like 2.30? It's 2.30 here in the UK. Are you off uh, tomorrow? Yeah, I've got a day off tomorrow because we're away on holiday tomorrow evening. Um, it's a mystery holiday that we have every year. It's uh, my wife and uh, our two friends, the wives actually book it all and I do the driving. And um, it's a mystery tour, so we're looking forward to it. Nice. So you mean you just have no plans, you just go? Now the girls have booked it. They know where we're going. Oh, and you all don't? They do is they, get, they just give me satellite no, 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 sat no, no, uh, navigation details, and I just pop, pop it in the car and away we go. And it's always a pleasure when we turn up somewhere. It could be anywhere, absolutely anywhere. Maybe Calgary. Yeah. Well, the strange thing is, you know, the, the synchronicities that we stop and think about after listening to your shows, I keep thinking to myself, well, you know, I've always wanted to go to Canada. Calgary sounds like a, a really nice place. And it wasn't until I got a Facebook message from my cousin, Kerry, the other day, it suddenly dawned on me that she's got relations actually in Calgary. Oh. She'd been out there a couple of times. And uh, I thought... I don't know them that well. In fact, I don't think I've even met them more than once. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it's tempting. It's tempting, Darren. It's tempting, Graham. Well, you know, the the the, the beauty about Calgary is um, we're only like an hour away from Banff, which is pretty world-renowned. So it's a pretty good, it's pretty easy sail if you just show your wife some pictures of Lake Louise or Banff. Yeah, the Rockies there. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I've, I must admit, I've, I've had a look, you know, at... You know, listening to you guys talk about the area, listening to Randall Carlson talk about the area and, and what have you. I've, I've looked it up online and, and seen some pictures. It is a, it's a beautiful country. It really is a beautiful country. I mean, we, we're lucky here in the southwest of the UK. Uh, and, you know, I think probably you know, the whole of the UK and in fact most of Central Europe. Central Europe, you know, this is one of the most beautiful parts of Europe, but nothing compares with North America. Love to go there. <laughs> So what what is it, Kevin? With uh, we're getting lots of UK listeners and they're and they're uh, emailing us and contributing and stuff. But have any idea why all of a sudden this uh, last like six months well, or a think year? All of a sudden, I think what it is, Graham is is the um, 
Oh, did you get your birthday spam cake, by the way? I did. Oh, Twitter I did it. see it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is, in, in all honesty, it, we, we don't have, we've never had the spectrum of broadcasting that you've had in, in, in North America and, and Canada, obviously. Yeah, it's always been a, a free fall and everybody's always tried to, um, everybody's tried to have an edge. Here in the UK, we've had one, maybe two, three stations at the most. Okay, since the late 70s, early 80s, we've gone into local radio. And digital digital radio is still, it's still a new thing. Um, because people moved over from, but the, the country moved over from analog broadcasting to digital only broadcasting. This is where it, I think you've seen a, a people actually going online and, 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 and watching their TV online. I've heard Darren say that you, you've got Netflix, you don't have a TV or very rarely use a TV. No, yeah, I, I have a TV, I just don't have a cable connection. So I everything oh, right. I get, I get on demand, except my sports, but even my sports are streamed. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, pretty much true here. I mean, we've got cable TV connection here. I've got 100 megabit broadband, but I very seldom watch TV. If anything I want, it's either on the, you know, either on my tablet or on my phone, or I get it off a, dim- off a demand. And I think this is where the, 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 yeah, the, the, the uptake of podcasts, the understanding of podcasts is actually coming from. We've got, we're probably pretty new to it here in the UK. Hmm. And I think we would take a liking to it. And when we when we take a liking to something, we sort of take it under our wing and and and, and run with it. And it's um so yeah, I mean I, not only that we're entirely we're only a small country as well. And anybody Graham is, doesn't think so. He thinks it's huge. <laughs> I know. I heard I heard the episode. I actually giggled at the most I, I, I that unfortunately, when I'm like Ponce, I, I drive all day, you know, and you know I'm listening to the, the podcast within within a few hours of it coming out, and I'm sitting now, I'm waiting for a traffic light to go red, so I can you know sort of text back or something. Don't be so bloody stupid, Kevin. You know, it's three hours old, but yeah, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it it isn't that big a country. You can go from well, you can go from one end of the country to the other in under twelve hours. That's 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 kind of big, I guess. That's bigger than I thought. I would have thought about six. Um, from where we are here in in South Bristol, South Gloucestershire, to Stirling in Scotland is six hours, and then you've got. I mean, that's just across the border. But then I guess traffic's probably an issue, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got the freeway scenario that you've got. You know, I think sixty-five million people and a size a third the Alberta. Yeah. A third of Alberta. <laughs> yeah. Like here, here we bitch about the traffic because the two lanes, Graham, you know, he has to stop doing 170 sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did I tell you guys about when I was castle hunting in, in the UK with my parents and my sister? We were just driving around no, like, for a week. So we just drove on looking at the little castle symbols on maps. So we had no like, no way to know what the castles were like, but we would just drive what kind yeah. of gun do you bring when you castle hunt? Just nothing, nothing. <laughs> just the one that's in my pocket. <laughs> so we, and we just went around and we would see everything from like this amazing castle that's been in all the movies on the coast to like some little ruin that's barely a castle anymore. It was quite, it was, it was fun. It is, it's, um, it's, a, it, it is something that I'm very interested in. I love history. And um, you, you, if you take a moment to stop and look, you can really, you can touch base, touch base with the past. You can touch base with the 
the the Normans and the and the Vikings are actually because we've got you know, our local village church dates back to eight seventy. Um, so that's a long time ago, and it's still standing. Wow! And you know, to eight seventy, yeah, eight seventy AD. Yeah, it's almost as old as Graham. <laughs> that's about between 870 and 900 was the Norman conquest of the UK so that, that's when Alfredage Church dates back to but they go back even further just around the corner from us is a 13th century pub so that's the 1200s you know bits of it still bits of it still stand <laughs> that's funny there's nothing that old here actually I guess that medicine we all would probably be you know, that's, way older, that's, that's, that's old, not. but like as far as infrastructure, there's nothing in Canada that old, period. Unless you could find an old teepee, wigwam. But, I, I, you know, as you've discussed and as you explore on, on Grimerica, you know, it, it's not just the infrastructure, it's it's everything else. It's the, the indigenous population, it's, a, it's the spirit of the land, isn't it? You know, I mean, <laughs> you have probably um, in... in in Canada, you've got the the uh, the indigenous. Uh, is it Inuit? I'm not sure. I know you haven't heard you talking about it before, but they they've been there for a lot longer than than we have or that our ancestors have here in the UK. You know, yeah, so probably, it's yeah, the probably. history of the land. I mean, if you look at the Australians as well, they the the Aboriginals of they 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 their dream time back tens of thousands of years. So it is the spirit of the land, I think, as well, isn't there? So have you always been interested in in the stuff we talk about? For a while, um, yeah. I mean, I've been following Grimerica for probably the same as Ponds Twenty Seven. We've been talking earlier, about a couple of years. Um, I'm not quite sure how I started. I, 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 it, it would, it was, it was almost like a natural progression into things. I remember one afternoon reading, uh, being given. Uh, the tales that uh, Don Juan, the Yankee way of knowledge by Carlos Castaneda. Um, and I was, that was in my twenties, that's 30 odd years ago. And that got me into things like dreaming. Cause mm. I, I was talking to a chap about dreaming and whatever. He said, well, you ought to read this. So I said, well, when's it going to tell me about dreaming? He said, well, you've got to read the book and then read it again before you understand it. And you know, so, so the, the esoterics I think I got into in my twenties, but it took a long time to, for it to start resonating in the way it has over perhaps the last three or four years. Right. I think, um, I, I can't remember the, the first, the, the, my first delving into, into esoterica was funny enough, it was Led Scranton and I picked it up by just one of those things, um, listening to, um, Walter Cruttenden on his pop, uh, on his podcast. That shows you how long ago it is because I don't think he's done one for about two years. Hmm. And uh, just sort of followed it from there. It, you know, it's been a really, really interesting journey. I mean, I love Grimerica. You know, it is. I've heard you say, you know, that you know when we when we text over here or we send in emails, we're funny. It's only because you're funny. You know, it's it's a great show. There's no animosity there. Although saying that, listening to both you and Darren um, when you've been on uh, Friends to Know. You know, it's almost as if you're bitching each other's pockets every five minutes. <laughs> but it's great fun. You know, you know, you get to know people from a different point of view. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great fun. You've got a great show. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I look forward to it every week. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks for thanks for that. Kevin, what are some of your other favorite shows? Um, what have I got? Uh, 
there's one I, I keep meaning to suggest to you, actually, and that's the wow factor. I don't know if you've ever come across that one. Um, you know, we, we, we discuss over time that, you know, the, um, the academics don't exactly do us do us favours in, in terms of promoting new or advanced theories. The wow factor uh, is all it started in response to the tabby star scenario, you know, the, the dimming of a tabby star. Um, have you heard of that one? I don't, I don't think I heard of it as a uh, tabby star. Yeah. But I, I think I know which one you're talking about though. The, yeah, the KIC something or other. I can't remember. And they're trying to one. figure out why it's dimming so much more than the normal ones. Like that's it, right, that there's yeah, some sort of artificial yeah. thing uh, going yeah. across it, or yeah, they they haven't worked out. Yeah, the, the, the astronomers and the scientists haven't quite worked out exactly what's doing it, and they're full of all these theories. Again, you know, to projecting ideas, and then the following day making another idea because it doesn't fit the theory they made the previous day. But there's one chap on there who's. Um, He's the lead astronomer and scientist, and he's actually very open-minded. You know, he'll discuss all manner of possibilities because he understands that nobody has actually got to take on what's going on. So, the Wow Podcast is very good. Cool. Yeah, um, THC. Yeah. Um, Greg Garland, I find absolutely brilliant. It's a fantastic uh, podcast, THC. Yeah, I like THC um, too. It, it's... It, it's the balance I've got throughout the course of the day, and the, I think I've, I've got it really good as uh, THC, um, uh, uh, conspiracy normal, um, expanded pers- perspectives, uh, obviously good old Mika and Grayling Report. That, that to me is my balance, if you understand. Yeah. You know, after listening to everything else, and I put Mika on, and it, I just sort of level out between, <laughs> I sort of mellow out at that point. So, yeah, there's some good ones. Um, Soraya with uh, Where Did the Road Go? I think that was one of my very first podcasts I ever listened oh, wow. to many, many years ago. So, yeah, um, Crow777. Oh, he has his own show now? Crow has, yeah. I think he is. He was supposed to be coming out with his own show right away. Crow seven seven seven. He's uh, it's actually on on podcast. I use, I think I've mentioned before. I, I use Podcast Addict. I mean, he's, he's one of the better ones out on the market. Even even with the ads on there, you know, it's easy to use. But it, it, you can find him quite easily. Can you fast forward through the ads there? Pardon? Can you fast forward through the ads? There, I've actually paid the two with one pound fifty or whatever it is one one pound fifty sterling to actually get rid of the ads. But even with the ads prior to that, I mean, once I got rid of them, I thought well, I might as well save myself one pound fifty because you can't really notice that they were there in the first place. Right, right. Because it's only a scrolling banner across the bottom. Oh, I see. Oh, so it. Oh, so you don't even notice them unless you're actually watching your no. phone while it's playing. No, that's right. And it would. I heard somebody talking about. I think it was RPJ the other day was talking about. He had a problem with. Um, yeah. <laughs> He had a problem with a podcast player because uh, he couldn't get it to get sound out of his iPhone or something or other. I can't remember. It seemed very protractive for somebody so intelligent. Um, he's a smashing chap in the RPG. He really is. Yeah, he's okay. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, so this one will even work on, you know, so you, you, you change the, the, the screen layout on there and it will work. It will pick up it all. Uh, what's the word? Look of it. It will bookmark. So if you stop, 
yeah. pick it up again. It'll yeah. actually bookmark the one you're listening to. And the good thing as well, I mean, I've set mine in case a phone call comes through or I have to stop it. I can actually then get a 15-second delay, so it'll automatically rewind 15 seconds and then pick up from where it was. So Yeah, yeah those li- it's those little things that make a difference. Yeah, so I can't, the, so I can't go back are... to using anything else now. I'm used to using my catcher. Uh, eye like, catcher? Eye yeah. catcher is awesome. For, for it was five bucks or something. <clears throat> Three yeah. bucks. Yeah, uh, but, was I mean, worth it. but once you get used to using that, trying to trying When to you do think about that like, compared look, to your cable bill or satellite radio... What's three bucks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the thing is, I, I, I'm, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. I've got mine purely and simply because I, we've got the same problem here in the UK as you've got in North America and everything's bundled. You know, so to get a decent broadband connection, I've got to have TV and phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I don't use it. I haven't got a phone plugged into the socket. I use my mobile. Well, both of us use our mobile. My daughter uses a mobile. Everybody uses a mobile. Yeah. Know, so we don't use a landline at all. And uh, let's say TV is purely there for trash for the wife to watch. So do you have any questions for us before we uh, before we let you go, Kev? Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm one of these people that look forward on a Saturday or whenever it is it comes out to actually see who the guest is. Have you decided yet whether or not you're going to put a spoiler alert out and give a guest list? We, we are. We don't have a choice. I think we've actually got one going on Instagram. Right. But it's not actually published in any place. You'd have to catch it in your feed. Yeah. Well, actually, you could probably search. I, I, I'm trying this uh, guests on deck. Uh, hashtag on Instagram and I'm just posting like a pic of their work and some hashtags and maybe uh, a link or something. Not that the links actually work there, but so I'm trying that. And then instead, cause I went to put it on the backstage uh, page on the website and Darren had taken it down. So, so we're, we're going to try doing it like, um, and that, that goes through Twitter as well. So we'll try and publish the people that are coming up, but you, you still won't know exactly when the recording is and when they'll be released. Oh, but but at least, but at least you'll know who. Something. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are you going to are you going to are you going to remake Friends with Randall Carlson? I mean, you used to. I think um, Randall's on your show as much as he was Joe Rogan, wasn't he? Probably twice Probably as much. More, yeah. yeah, we've had him four <laughs> times, and yeah, we're going to get him again. I think we're going to yeah. get him again, and I think we're even going to throw uh, be able to do video That's, for his yeah. presentation, and we'll be able to throw that up on the YouTube channel, and we'll have video of his presentation for the first time. And I think we're planning on going and bumping into him in Washington this summer and going on a bit of a tour with him. So I'm sure we'll end up doing some recording then. I'll be look forward to that. I, I just want—I haven't got any specific questions for you because the, it's difficult to because it, it's not a structured show tonight, so it's not on a particular subject. It's just mm-hmm. an opportunity for me to say thanks. I we really, I really enjoy, it and I know. People, the odd one or two people I speak to that know Crime America, they, they enjoy it as well. So I think it's a case of thanks for making this inclusive and enjoy your third birthday, guys. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Long Kevin. Night. Yeah, you can Long get some sleep. And hey, enjoy your holiday. Uh, well, I'll text you and let you know where it is. Yeah, send us oh, some what pics. What was that beer like, Darren? I haven't had one that yet. Trouble, <laughs> you haven't had the trouble one. <laughs> I gave a six pack away. What? To yeah. Kyle. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I, the other six packs. Though, I actually forgot about it. Then I was gonna bring them out tonight so that me and James could have one. And then I forgot again. I'll, I'll go get them. <laughs> yeah, I, show me I, where I, they are. I, I even contacted the brewery to see if they're available in the UK. <laughs> hey, I uh, uh, no, we probably shouldn't ship beer. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. No, I could send uh, you a can. 
Maybe I'll just put it in the ocean. I'll just, what I'll do is I'll mail it to my buddy in Newfoundland and I'll just get him to throw it in the Atlantic. <laughs> so keep yeah. keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Listen, yeah, thanks, guys. And, you know, the, as soon as the holiday period is over, my, it's, it's my intention to get a, a, a subscription going. So um, watch this space. But uh, thanks for what you give us. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Keep Before you go, you want to pick a jingle? Uh, yeah, the, consp- the conspiracy, the synchronicity, my favorite. The uh, Rambling Gram? Is it Rambling Gram? Or Synchronicity City? I think it's Synchronicity City. Yeah. All right, Cap. Right. Well, thanks. UK for... posse guy. That, that's from. Yeah, thanks for joining I, I think, us. I, I think I was the first to use that hashtag, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, you were. You <laughs> were, actually. Yeah. You made I, the I posse. You you're the head of the posse. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, and I still can't follow it. I've got no idea what I'm doing with hashtags, but there we are. Such a <laughs> well, that hey, one caught on. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Take care. Cheers. Fine. Oh. I want a good skull from a synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Dara might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low. Yeah, yeah. Ow. All right, Darren, what's up, buddy? I think Red's about ready. Really? Okay. So uh, do you want to work on adding him? I will get going on here. So if you want to show the shit, James, we're not going to focus on this too much because there's last names on here. And I don't know if you guys want to know that. So ironically enough, it turned out to be 33 per page. So I think we ended up selling 100 and... uh, like 110 or 111. Yeah, something like 108 would be nice. That's a nice spiritual number. You want to count them? Actually, you know what? I know exactly how many. It's a new... Yeah, we should know, actually. Doing it's numerized this. in... Uh, well, yeah, just didn't print out the numbers for whatever reason. Okay, I'm so, calling red now here. So. 109. Oh, wow. 108 plus one. Thanks, Tips. What's with 108. It's a very spiritual number. It's like the Malabeads have 108 things and 108's a... Yang or... Can we have another example? <laughs> I'm thinking... <laughs> one plus eight is nine in, in numerology, no? Not, no? Not doing one plus right? eight is nine. Yeah. So are we Are we doing... Oh, what happened with Red here? I probably ignored you. Oh. <coughs> Call to Red was busy. So... So here's... Do you want to show them? So here's our 109 supporters. But I think I think what we should do though is explain also that we're going to draw the third runner up, the second runner up, and then the winner. And just in case the winner doesn't want to have to come well, on, we're going to draw the winner first. No, no, no. I, I, no, I figured this all out, wrote it on the board. It's only fair to go third, second, first. No, right? no, 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 no. This okay, isn't okay. Okay, whatever. Okay, this isn't a you beauty don't draw competition. Third, or? first. They're like, oh boy, I might win if the next two winners don't take it. You draw your winner first. Okay, okay, that's okay. fine. I'm not going to argue about that. Well, you did a little. You got your backup. Well, because I had it written all on the board and everything. I <laughs> talked to you about it, and apparently you weren't listening. I wasn't. I was scrambling around <laughs> trying to get this episode together. It was a rifle. huge scramble. It was pretty crazy. I, I didn't think we were going to be able to do it. It might not be working. <laughs> have, you check, have you checked the recording so this actually can come out in podcast form? Yeah, the recording is fine. The video seems fine too, actually. So we should be good. So I mean, you, we showed that. Do you want to show the computer, James? The new computer and the old computer. 
Look at that sexy unit. Yeah, it is yeah, a that sexy unit. Help out a lot. Actually, this this old piece of shit made a noise <laughs> that we thought it actually died tonight. Here's the old piece of crap. Right here. No screen. Nine years Broken old. Broken screen. RPJ is updating Skype. Boogers all over it. It's fucking hot back there. Holy. Back there? Oh, yeah. That thing. You leave that thing on all weekend, you'll burn this motherfucker down. Anyway. Here's some spam. There's a little gift pack there. Little swags. Oh, yeah. We don't have the shirts oh, here. Oh, so here's a shirt. Like a... And James has got one on. You should just give yourself a selfie there. So we'll get you'll get a classic Grimerica. You can see Graham's nipples, which is weird because it's insanely hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe can you see yeah. the rings? <laughs> Do you have rings? No. Oh. Um <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> what do you say to that? Oh, we were also gonna say that the audio might or it's Mixer will cut out once in a while, but it'll restart if that happens, and so will the Periscope could cut out if the battery battery dies, dies but that'll kick back in too. So uh, I guess I'll somebody start, some, up. RPJ said just, Skype was updated. Okay, just sex. So somebody's got a question here: Which Periscope app is it for iPad? Does anybody know? Uh, I don't know. So just go to Twitter.com/slash/GrowAmerica, and it should be right there at the top of our feed to just click play. Because I was able to view it on your laptop without even signing into Twitter. So you don't need to have a Twitter account to view it. Okay, so I'm going to cut these up. Yeah, it's just called... Just slice Paris. it all the way down there. Uh, thanks. Where's the hat? Well, here, I'll just cut them up here. Keep talking. That's <laughs> the, nice the people that don't have video that. that aren't watching me cut up the names are just listening to dinner. Right, right. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tips. So we're not used to doing this type of live shit, but... Or, or I mean in the podcast, too. Oh, I know. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Darren's doing a pretty so, badass um, job of chopping up the names right yeah, now. Yeah, he's used to chopping, chopping up. Yeah. Chopping stuff with the same scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we really do want to thank everybody for helping out, because it... It's really, it, the computer's going to help big time. Hey, Darren, it's like so much faster and it's going to really, Cuts really help. Cuts down my editing. Cuts down the editing. And we pretty much got what we need. Now we're going to try maybe video uh, every once in a while, like this Periscope thing. We're going to try and do video chats. Yeah, we're going to. Not, not video chats like with us. Presentations. Just so for like, the presentation on we've YouTube. We've had a few like, guests, like we're out talking, I forget who you. Dr. Carmen Bolter of the Pyramid Code has a presentation. So when we do the podcast, we're going to be able to put on. Uh, more of like a recorded Skype video thing on YouTube for people with the visuals. And then same with guys like Randall Carlson. Where's your hat, buddy? Yeah, Randall Carlson. We'll have him back with the video. So here's the hat. Sweaty. Sweaty. Sweaty hat. Put all them names in. I'll help you, James. Keep talking, Darren. Keep talking. So we're going to do the draw here. Yeah, we got the new computer here all set up. So we don't have, well, uh, not pictured as the iPad. Of course, whoever wins is going to have the chance to join us on the show. Well, they will be able to, not have a chance to. Well, yeah, that's the chance. The chance is whether or not they take the chance. Right. 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 They have the option. Who's going to draw it's it? Not you a or chance, me? It's an option. No, <laughs> we'll get James to draw it. Hey, a chance is an day. opportunity, motherfucker. 
That is the definition. Yeah, but if they win, no, it's not an no. opportunity. What are you doing? I'm fucking checking the definition of chance. Yes, okay, it so is. Here, if they win, it's an opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Who's going to draw, James? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. You, do you know you can see? Yeah. Okay. So we had. We, so this is the winner. I mean, we did want to say thanks. We had some people buy, you know, twelve tickets, nine tickets, six tickets. A lot of people bought multiple tickets. Yeah. So it's, it's it was awesome. good. Like, yeah. I think it was within three months we raised enough money for a computer. Trying so. to feel for someone that will pick a UFO guest. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't say the last name either, just in case. <laughs> oh. Nikki, Nikki the dude. Nikki the dude, <laughs> right on. So Nikki the dude is is the winner. Nikki the he dude could, might be listening. How about the yeah. applause jingle there for the winner. Yeah, Nikki B. Come on, jingle guy. I don't have applause. I have. Uh, <laughs> you have a I, laptop. I didn't do the drum roll either. Oh yeah, we'll do the drum Nikki roll back after. In. <laughs> I we're think, totally scrambling tonight. It's just we're winging it. All I have time. is laughs. I don't think laughs are good. You don't have applause? I thought I've heard a Oh, there you go. There might be applause. There you go, Nikki. Congratulations. Pick a UFO guest. <laughs> Nikki's got, he'll have lots of things to talk about. He'll want to come on. So if he doesn't want to come on, because he's going to get the swag pack and a, an iPad full of, uh, full of Grimerica stuff. And Periscope. And, and Twitter. What do you mean? You can install Periscope and Twitter for Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Some audiobooks and all that kind of yeah. stuff in there. Some stickers on there. Oh, I don't well, we don't have stickers. A couple magnets. Magnets. We can get stickers pretty so quick. So just but just in case Nikki doesn't want to bring somebody on, we'll draw somebody else here, right, Darren? Yes. So for second place. Do you want to read it, Grab? There's no second sure. place prize, so just so you know, it's just maybe. What about a can of spam? Oh, Olav. Olav is. is oh, like he him. said he wanted spam too. So we'll send Olav a can of spam. Yeah. Teriyaki spam. There's a couple. Of and we'll give third place a can of spam too and a magnet or something. A couple yeah, of magnets. Yeah, for sure. We got some pens here. Darren, you want to read the third, third place here? Alan, Alan N. Alan N. Okay. Well, it's Alan Neal. I feel like I should say his last name if he won. But okay, all of a sudden class. you change your mind about the last name. Well, only one person said don't say my last okay, name. Okay, all right. So there you have it. I was just looking for... Uh, for Nikki? Yeah. Oh, I think your first hour is up. No, it's uh, okay. 20 minutes still. So keep talking. Oh. oh. Hey, Red. Hey. How's it going, buddy? Not so bad. That's good. So we have Red Pill Junkie on the line here. He's a regular uh, guest of ours, contributor to the show. We just did our draw, Red, for the, the prize there for the fundraiser computer we did. So, Oh, did I win? No, you didn't even go in, actually, Aww. I don't think. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, why isn't Red Pill Junkie's name in there? Thanks, buddy. I took it. <laughs> well, no, at, guess, least, that, at least that, we that, gave you some tips for podcasts. He couldn't buy tickets. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have sold Red tickets. No, I know. It would have been pretty know. fucking, people would not have been happy if Red won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it was a joke. Red, Red gets a new iPad to Skype into the show with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, who won? Nikki, the dude. Nikki, the dude. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Nikki, the dude. I hope you 
get to have many pleasant hours with that iPad. Mm. Yeah, and the, and they're coming on the show as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Right, he he is going to be on the show, uh, interviewing a guest of his choosing. Yeah, hopefully. Well, okay, that's the yeah. plan. Well, well, hopefully yeah. he wants to, and hopefully we can get the guest that he chooses. I mean, if he picks uh, Trump, you know, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, Jacques Vallée. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could have got Vallée if you would have reeled him in. No, man. It's kind of imposing and intimidating, you know, to be next to a uh, UFO legend. legend. Yeah. So what's going on these days? Mm, well, nothing much. Or, or you mean generally in the world? Well, but Hillary Clinton is the virtual Democratic nominee, and it's going to be something of a, well, this is a different presidential campaign, for sure. It's funny, I, we were, when we talked about that, uh, we talked to the gambler, the presidential gambler on the show, and then there's YouTube comments, and people are like, do those guys really think Hillary's going to win? Can you believe it? Like, so, did they? She might I, not I, win, yeah. Uh, you think that Bernie Sanders still has a chance? No. A lot, a lot, I, mean, I think president. a lot of Bernie's followers. Uh, president. No, I mean, no. Well, Bernie I, I, might I, still I, flip it and run as a third party. Independent. I think many people will be angry with him if he did that because he will be stealing many votes from Hillary. And as much as I hate to admit it, now it's uh, about uh, electing anyone but Trump. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you, I mean, I, I I agree with you that he has a really good chance to win, and that's scared me shitless. Are you really? Is it affected you like that, like Trump's uh, stuff, or do you can you see past all the negative propaganda in the mainstream? Oh, so you are saying that uh, the bad image that has uh, been erected around him is in part fabricated by the media? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, say I that. think so. No, I, uh, I disagree. I think, well, maybe at some point, you know, the media is responsible for creating um, an, a somewhat distorted image, but I think that he himself has done a pretty good damn job in Erecting himself as the biggest bully in this uh, uh, campaign. So, no, I, I think that he is the kind of person who, who loves to, to be that controversial, who says anything that comes right out of, out of, his, mouth, out of his mouth without being filtered by his brain first, that he is a racist, that he is a misogynist. That he is a prejudiced. Really? You know? Oh, yeah, for so, sure. So you're talking about, um, like, even filtering out the context or, or or putting the context back into a lot of those chats? Nobody's like filtering I, the context. Who filters the context when he kicked out Jorge Ramos from his one of the first um, uh, uh, political rallies or interviews or campaigns that he was uh, uh, having? You know, and when he who filtered that when he like did like 
to his one of his bodyguards to kick Jorge Ramos, the only one who was actually <laughs> making uh, serious, you know, uh, journalist work in that in, in, in that hall, you know, in that room. Uh, what was that? that uh, what part of that was fabricated by the media? I don't know, but did did, did the was do you know the full story? Like I I don't really know. That. Yeah, Jorge Ramos. Jorge Ramos was there. He started to ask him questions about the claims, the comments that he had made about uh, you know all Mexicans that came to America being rapists and. Murderers. But yeah, but he didn't say that though. That's the thing, right? What he didn't say? What he didn't say? All Mexicans coming across the board. If you listen to well, the thing okay. in context. I'm not defending Trump as like, I, I don't really care. Well, I do care, actually. I don't know what Did I Did you know that he actually uh, uh, posted Jorge Ramos' private cell phone uh, online when uh, Jorge Ramos tried to have, uh, have him as a guest on his show on Telemundo? Where did you hear that? Uh, Jorge Ramos himself said really? that. Hmm. Yeah. So, dude... I mean, <laughs> he doesn't need anyone to, to, to spin the stories for him. He's doing a pretty damn good job doing that himself, you know. And uh, right now, before I connected with you guys, I was listening to uh, something that John Stewart, you know, the former host on The Daily Show, he was in some kind of, uh, I don't know, podcast or something, something to do with the University of Chicago, you know, and and he mentions how uh, he got into a fight with Trump uh, uh, at the beginning of the, during, I don't know, one season of The Daily Show, and he says, he says that Trump is the person with the thinnest skin, you know, that he has, he has ever met. You know, something that Vanity Fair wrote about him 25 years ago, he's still making a little bit of hell out of the, the poor bastard who, who wrote that article. He loves to sue people. He loves to bully people. He loves to use his, his power in order to intimidate someone who might say something that might uh, upset him in the slightest. Do you want to have that person in charge of the fucking nuclear bottom? I don't think so. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> don't you think that uh, in some ways, if I played devil's advocate, that it's refreshing that somebody's actually just being more themselves and honest instead of lying? You know, like everybody complains about him lying, but every, every president, has, every nominee has lied. John Stewart also mentioned that and how that is responsible. That is part of the the mother mainstream media that we've been immersed into. Uh, how, you know, they, they, they're spinning that and say, oh, well, but he's being authentic, you know? I mean, I mean, being the biggest asshole, but at least he's, he, he's not playing the same games as the politicians. And yeah, that's what scares me, that there's so, so many people who are being so fed up with uh, the modern American political system that they would like nothing better than to see it all going down to hell. And they see Donald Trump as the perfect, uh, you know, blonde, you know, big-mouthed missile that would be able to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to blow shit up no matter what happens. He's kind of changed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no matter what, no matter, even if he loses, you know, he's still, you know, the damage is done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, maybe someone, someone else would pick up the, you know, bigot mantle that he's going to left leave, you know, and, 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 and it's really troublesome, you know, I mean, this, um, this move toward uh, nationalism and this, this move toward insularity is not just happening in America. It's happening all over the place. You know, the, the, this, this natural reaction from people out of, the, uh, out of a fear from the, what seems to be the unstoppable trend of globalization. They see how the world is changing so fast fast before their eyes uh, not the not the way that happened with their parents you know I mean their parents had like you know now 30 40 years before a big you know uh, social or technological revolution when I was in college those revolutions started to happen you know every 15 years or so and now they're happening like every five years or so yeah the guy we were talking about betting betting on the show krishnamurta was talking about how the one common thing around the globe right now is the underdogs are winning like the underdogs are actually making it you know making it for once i think that's got to do with what you're talking about yeah bernie sanders what kind of bernie sanders what he should win you think so if the americans are smart well, they're not. That, yeah, but it's why. not. I don't think it's up to the Americans. It's up to the establishment. That's why I think Hillary's going to take it because they're not going to let anybody else in. Yeah. Really, she already she already bought her ticket. Yeah, she already bought her ticket. Unless Trump has been bought bought by them now as well, meeting with Kissinger and all this kind of stuff, right? Maybe he's getting he's getting read in as like, okay, if you are going to make it, you got to fucking play the game, and he'll probably play the game. He'll have to. But maybe he cracks some things open on the way. I'm surprised he's still alive. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. You guys have seen this from way too much of a conspiranoic lens. I don't think it's that clear-cut or that well-defined the influence of the Bilderbergs or the Trilateral Commission, you know, in charge of the political system. I think they try to 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 uh, get their hands on the pie, but at the end of the day, there there's too many unknown variables that can you know change the landscape uh, in, a, in in various unforeseeable manners, and I think Trump is just one of those uh, unforeseen you know. Unknown variables. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, so we're gonna have some other people calling in here, right? You want to stay with us for a while, then? <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not. I have not uh, lured in, you know, the Trump supporters. <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. We don't get a chance to talk about politics much on here, mainly because yeah, we don't sorry, want to, yeah. but it's, all, it's okay. No, I was curious of what you thought, because you're in Mexico, yeah. and if you had a big wall to climb over, what would you do? No, it's not the wall. To, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look. <laughs> the, buy a trampoline. 
Mexico's history to the drone and we'll fly you over makes Mexico's history has always been uh, greatly influenced by its close proximity to the United States even before it became the big superpower that it is today you know for better or for worse Mexico has always been like I don't know the buffer the go to or the you know the bridge it's in the United States and the and the rest of the continent, you know, when the rest of the continent, you know, they are they they are more like us than they're like you guys. I mean, you know, the the, the rest the the majority of the people in this continent speak Spanish. The majority of the people in this continent, you know, has some kind of a, like a Native American ascend, uh, descendancy, you know. Uh, the majority of this country has all these things in common. And the United States has always tried to, to, to control things, you know. And one of the ways in which it has tried to control things is through us. You know, we, 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 the Mexican politicians has all, have always been very, you know, uh, uh, satisfied with being like, I don't know, the, the what's the name? The middleman or, you know, the... the the people who carry out the orders from the American establishment. The bureaucrats? No, no, I don't think it's the bureaucrats, but, well, like, uh, for example, before uh, the United States reestablished diplomatic relationships with Cuba, if they wanted to get in contact with Cuba, they went uh, through back channels, and the, those back channels usually, you know, were here in Mexico. You see what I'm saying here? Um, not really. Uh, Darren? <laughs> oh, I'm working with Micah to fix a fucking mixer feed because it's been <laughs> on fucking internal mic the whole time. Yeah. So Mixler's oh, wow. only been hearing you. Okay. Oh, but it's fixed now. Okay. Thanks. So uh, we should, well, RPJ, is he sticking around? Well, I, he, missed I don't all want that. to interrupt Red. He was talking about uh, stuff <laughs> like the, yeah, the middlemen really sort of helping America policy and all that. But So what was your point about that again, Red? And then we're going to get somebody else in line here. Uh, my point is that the times of the American empire are over, so you get a, you, you better, better get over with it, you know, and <laughs> and join the rest of the of, of the crowd. Yeah, well said. Well, you're welcome to stick with us if you want, Red. But, but yeah, sure. uh, yeah, we'll take some other people on here. Who's who's next? Yes, someone lined up. Yeah, I'm gonna get Mike on if uh, if possible. But I don't have access to my phone right now, so I, I can't really tell. Yeah, Mike and uh, so let's see if this works. Okay, sounds good. Oh, add to group call. Add to group call. You got it, buddy. He's a pro. Let's see if this works. He's a pro. I think Mike's going to be on his phone, so we'll see how this sounds. Could all blow up. It could all blow up, yeah. Uh, have faith. And then you got to tell me when to reset Mixler here, Darren. Hello. Mike. Hey. Hey, it's the Grime America Show. How's it going, buddy? Hey, good. What's up? Not much, man. I got Darren here, as usual, and James Nation, our tech support superb guys here with us. Hey, what's up? Right on. How's it going, hey. Mike? 
Hey, pretty good. And then we've hey, also got Red. Finally hear from you. Yeah, we've also got Red Pill Junkie on the line as well. So, oh wow, like. wow. Hey, how's it going? That was kind of mm-hmm. trippy hearing you guys. Yeah, it must be weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is one of the one of the benefits of doing the show is you get to meet all these people like James here as well and Red actually have all met through the show yeah. like and and just being able to talk about all kinds of crazy stuff and get together with solid people and uh, yeah it's good to have you on Mike right on I want I wanted to give you a few minutes here because we you and I have these great conversations about shit like toxoplasmosis and uh, and sleep paralysis and all this cool stuff so. I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to pick your brain about that because I, I, you know, I come back from these conversations and I can't articulate the shit half as well as you. So, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by this toxo that you because you've sort of put me onto that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. I mean, it's just set up to be like a conspiracy theory. Like, <laughs> is that the it's Rh negative thing? Well, no. There's a he, Mike's it, got it. There's a component related. to it. Yeah, yeah. Matt, talk about it a bit. Well. What's interesting, well, you know, there's a certain small percentage of the population that's RH negative. Yeah. And uh, there's no really reason why that should be, right? You know, so uh, what they they figured out just came out a couple months ago, there was a scientific study in that RH negative people actually have uh, way worse uh, health outcomes. They're sick. They're way sicker than the average group. So, mm. you know, from an evolutionary standpoint. Oh, I thought they were less sick. Be, no, 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 they're more sick. And, uh, they uh is that racist or something the, the, no. Okay. <laughs> the evolution <laughs> the evolutionary pressure should kill them off over you know thousands of years right but then they figured out that people that are rh negative and but then they're they're uh what is it homozygote or heterozygote well so where they carry the rh positive but they carry the rh negative silently actually have superior outcomes to rh positive people and rh negative people so it's kind of like they need this pool of rh negative around so that they can get the the RH uh, heterozygotes. It's kind of weird. How is there a way to track down um, uh, the migration of the human populations well, who carry the RH, RH negative? Well, the interesting thing is the highest amount is like near fifty percent is in the Basque people in Spain. Also, oh, is that could there be a link with Neanderthals? Well. No, because, well, that, they used to think that the Basques were Neanderthals, but now they just, it was just in the last year, they figured out that they're actually uh, descendants from the first farmers from the Middle East. Ah. Yeah, so that's who they are. So they came in and would have met up with the hunter-gatherers that were there, and when they brought farming up. What's so it may be, a, who knows where it came, if it came from the Middle East or, or what. Have you, have you read um, Andrew Collins' book about Gobekli Tepe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've thought about, yeah, I've kind of hooked that all together, too. It's weird. There's some weird things about it. That's for sure. So get this. What, I don't know if this is true, but I've read this in a few different places, that every single president since Eisenhower, has been, except for Bush Jr., has been RH negative. When you're only 15% of the population, what are the odds of that? That is fascinating. Now, get this. Obama is AB negative, and... Uh, I saw this, I think it was in the Washington Post or something. They had a big story about how they have to carry his blood around all the time because his blood is so rare. And this is AB negative. So, so I went and found a chart of different groups and countries, and I, I went to Kenya. Oh, boy. 0.05%, <laughs> you know, ABs or AB negative or A negative. 
So what is the roll of dice for that to hit? Well, Mike, we all know that Obama is actually a clone of King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two of them. Yeah, who knows? Well, well, the so weird... They, what... yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Oh, uh, so another thing they found, what they think is going on, like the scientists with RH negative, is that uh, it's got something to do with this toxoplasma, which is a parasite that hijacks animals' minds and tries to get them to die. So that mm-hmm. it could replicate itself, basically. So they figure, just like sickle cell, the reason sickle cell exists, which is related to toxoplasma, is that uh, people that are are heterozygote for for that gene, for that type of protection, uh, are protected, and the people that aren't, are, like the Rh negatives, are are exposed to to uh, malaria. So that's how it's kind of the same concept with toxoplasma, but. For a toxo, uh, imagine how to- bad toxoplasma would have to be for the RH negative positive people to actually grow in population to have an advantage to have that. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't follow that. Say the say it again. So well, toxo. Okay. So. Because toxo affects toxo- the RH negative people differently, right? Like. Yeah, it does, but. They figure that these RH, the people that are heterozygote, are protected from toxoplasma oh, right. more. Yeah, Actually, yeah. They, but the, the actual RH negatives are not, I don't think. So, yeah, it's just they're studying it now, but that's kind of what I heard so far. So it's kind of, it's like basically it's it's there as protection from toxoplasma. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, huh. Okay, okay. So isn't there another weird side effect of, of toxo on RH negative, like about, about making people smarter or something like that? Or Yeah. If, if you're, if you're RH negative and you're infected with toxo, there was once that I read where they actually had a higher IQ and faster reaction times. Nice. That's so weird, eh? But, it, but if they weren't infect, infected and they were RH negative, they had worse reaction times. I believe, don't quote me on that one, but you know, I got a lot yeah, of studies yeah. in my head there, but yeah, it was yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. And then there's some sort of Celtic uh, or Celtic Celtic, Celtic uh, mix in there as well with the Basque people, I think. Again, I can't remember. I was something out of Nick Redford's Bloodlines of the Gods. Yeah, I don't know about, about that. They're, uh, I mean, they figure all the people from Spain all the way up to Ireland at one point were all the same group of mixture of hunter-gatherers and farmers from the Middle East, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then something else happened. So toxo, because like explain a little bit more about what it does to animals as well, right? Like toxo, if it gets in a mouse, I think it changes well, the na- behavior of the mouse, right? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. natural thing is uh, a mouse is afraid of cat urine, like death. I mean, they use them in animal yeah. studies that yeah. they want to create fear and they spray cat urine in there, right? But when toxo gets into the mouse's brain, it goes to an exact specific spot, starts yeah. releasing an enzyme called tyrosine hydroxylase, which makes dopamine and start snipping specific, you know, br- uh, brain networks. And all of a sudden, the uh, mouse is sexually attracted to the cat litter, cat smell, I mean, and goes up and snuggles up with the cat. The cat eats it, goes into its gut, and that's its life cycle. And then it goes into the cat. Yeah, but, and it just gets, it's, that's where it breathes, is in the cat's stomach. That's its one place. That's every single, to- but toxic goes into other animals as well. It doesn't know it's not in a cat or a, or a mouse, and it's they've, they've even found them on when beach dolphins. That's like the happening. Is it the yeah, happening? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> where people just started yeah. fucking off in themselves. Yeah, they can get. Well, get this: the way it travels around the body. I just read up on this recently. 
is that it, uh, it hijacks our dendritic cells, I think the type of white blood cell in the gut, and it gets into them, and instead of being attacked by them, it travels around the whole body, it uses it to travel the body. But at the same time, guess what else I found out is that uh, Toxo causes uh, reactions to gluten. And you think of uh, the first wheat and fucking around uh, Gobeki Tepe. Mm. So it causes adverse uh, reactions to gluten? Yeah, because it creates all these... De- it's, this is what I figure. It's creating... It's this stimulation, this anti-gluten thing is creating all these... Uh, what you might call it? Uh, white blood cells. So then there's way more of those. It can, it can get into them and travel around the body all the time. Huh. So I wonder if that's got something to do with like celiac and all that or... or... Who knows, yeah? Fuck, it's just crazy. When you start reading into it, it's just like, it's just, it's like endless. There's so many, you know, it's just, it is weird. So what what about behavior of people as well? Isn't there something about like behavioral changes in people? Oh, yeah. Like, or like uh, sexual orientation? If you're, if, you're, if you're infected with it, you're 2.5 times more likely to uh, die in a car accident. Maybe ground has it. <laughs> that mean they can't, they can't drive as good? What's that? Yeah, I, I, or they're no, more no, reckless. No, I think it's, what did it, they're reckless, yeah. I mean, yeah James, yeah, fucking James has got it. I better go get my blood tested. <laughs> I don't want to be positive. <laughs> I read somewhere that there was some kind of link between what we, this, the typical stereotype of the crazy cat lady. Exactly, you know, eh? And, 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 you know, their, their proximity with cats, you know, and their possible infection with toxoplasma. What, makes them super relax. smart? No, super crazy. Gato, gato loco chica. How you say that? They're also funny. No, no, it's, it's sexually transmittable as well. Oh, man. That, add, that adds in a whole other thing. What other ways is it devised to, to spread itself? That's weird. If you think of a sexually transmitted disease, that that's main thing is using your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like syphilis. Yeah. Like syphilis. There's pills for that. It'd be a good movie. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's fascinating. I really want to get deep in and deeper into it and, and talk about it on the show. But I mean, this is pretty much as good as getting an expert on having you on here because you've done so much research, <laughs> research on it. I wonder yeah. if we know anyone that's our H negative. We should take them over here and. Well, isn't Toxo also like shoot him up? Must shoot him up with Toxoplasmosis. Well, Mike's large negative. We shoot you up with Toxoplasmosis. When I found out about this, you can order a card. It's like ten bucks on the internet. You just and it's a little pick of bread, and it blood. It tells you right away if you don't know. Do you know what your blood type is? I think it's A, B, or something. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no R in it. There's, there's your next. No, 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 no. There isn't an R in it. No, it's I... just negative or positive. So if you're AB negative, then you're RH negative. Oh. Uh, and if you're, you know, I'm not rare. I'm not RH rare. Negative. You're not rare. Yeah, but no. AB a, a, is rare, rare by itself, isn't it? I yeah, I think maybe so. Maybe I'm B. <laughs> I don't know. Darren has no idea. <laughs> I think I'm O positive. You know, I mean, that's like, what I think I am too. Super, yeah. super, super common. Yeah. So, so Mike, what 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 would you want us to have a show on here? What would you want us to talk about in the future? Any ideas or? Oh, this would be a good one. And yeah, the whole sleep paralysis thing is kind of cool because you know I t- I sent that letter and you read that one. Like, that's a whole other. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I did I tell you about that? Uh, there's this guy in uh, Hawaii that did a, uh, yep. a brain uh, scan study on all these uh, people that got abducted by by aliens. 
Yeah. And yeah. and it ended up that uh, they were describing how their brains were different. And it was like the right parietal lobe was way slower, something, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, and then I was like, well, that's interesting because, you know, I'm kind of ADD. I don't know if you can tell, but I actually was, <laughs> went and got a brain scan done. It was a QEG. It was like four or 500 bucks, like about six years ago. And I had the exact same pattern in my brain. And I got the sleep process thing. And I was thinking they should do a study on brainwaves on sleep process and see if they're the same as alien abduction ones. Mm. At least it would that's show a, a link, eh? That's a great idea. The other, the other thing is also that RH negative with abductees apparently it's very, very high. Yeah, yeah. There's all, yeah. It's uh, there's something. Have you guys checked something. out that uh, Netflix documentary, The Nightmare? Yeah, that's what Mike. Yeah, that's. Yeah, Mike. I got him to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The what? The nightmare. So it's, yeah. it's about people having sleep paralysis experience. It's actually really well done because it's not. It's very... actually yeah. That, that's true. Yeah, the Soraya Asker, myself, Joshua Cochin, and Michael M. Hughes the, did a bit of a round table for where did the road go, and we we discussed that uh, that documentary. And Soraya had a, a, a flood of, of of emails from people who you know shared uh, their you know sleep, sleep paralysis experiences, and some of them were really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a full-on... Well, I've never done DMT, but, I mean, it sounds kind of similar. In a way, yeah. In a, yeah, neg in a negative way. Mm, yeah, I'm yeah, not real negative. Yeah, yeah, I might have had... I maybe had two that were considered good, I think, over, like, 18 years of it. Mm-hmm. Good sleep paralysis? <laughs> no, two good ones. No, no, the they're all bad. You had two good ones, though? Maybe, yeah. I remember this one, it was, like, the... A blue silhouette of a one. It was just weird, but yeah, it was a good feeling. It was kind of like similar in the, in the the nightmare. There was a blue lady, but this was more like a silhouette, and it was like almost like the Virgin Mary or something. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not Catholic, so I don't. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting that you associated it with uh, the color blue, which is you know the typical way to portray yeah. the the blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah. Well, I have a. I've had like a. When I'm in sleep process, I've had blue flashes, like I can see them through my eyelids. Like, ah, like blue, eh? Antarctic phenomena, I think it's... Yeah, it's kind of like a... I thought it's had seizures and shit for a bit. Yeah, I've had those too. Yeah, hmm. weird stuff. Yeah, yeah so I, that'd be I've, al I've always wondered whether it's some kind of like in, uh, secretion, you know, release of, of DMT, you know, when you are... Uh, Enter in some in some kind of uh, state sleep yeah. mode. Yes, yeah. yeah, some kind of you know going from you know light sleep mode to a deeper one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right on. Well, well, maybe we'll look into that and have one because that interests me personally too. Because my girlfriend has uh, has that problem as well, and and like there's got to be a way to sleep heal process. Right? Yeah, like crazy fucking encounters. I've never the, had that the, shit. Have you had it with the guy? No, I've I've never had it with the. I had my arm fall asleep. That count? <laughs> I should put on my black suit and sneak into your apartment one night. Hey, yeah, let's you do that. Get shot. You don't have a gun, <laughs> and you can't even yeah. punch me because you have a fucking vow of nonviolence. Oh my god, where did he hear that? You told me that. Do I? No, I didn't. Ever. You said you don't hit people ever. Well, I try not to. Oh, well, I said I'm going to get you to hit me. 
Yeah. Well, we could do it live, live on Periscope. Hey, yeah, we could. I got a, an interesting connection to uh, with the toxo and the sleep paralysis because I don't know if you remember the documentary where people said they like gave it to their girlfriend, almost like an STD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, I had, yeah, remember that? And it was like yeah. how it actually transferred to people. Well, I had a girlfriend north of Edmonton. I flew out there to see her, and I told her about this. She never had a four in her life, anyways. We're at her parents' place and in bed that night. She freaks out. She had a, a sensation. Someone's at the foot of her bed and was ripping the, the covers off of her. And then she like dumped me a week later. <laughs> no, were, were the covers ripped off? Oh, uh, the covers. Like she felt no. like there was actually like you know somebody on the bed ripping her covers. But off. were they off though? Like. I don't, I don't recall. Because that would be interesting. Because some people have experiences and physical changes happen. Yeah. It's interesting yeah, that because, because we were discussing earlier, you know, this thing about, you know, toxoplasmosis, uh, 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 bacteria, microbes hijacking your, uh, the uh, central nervous systems of, uh, of animals like mice or maybe even people. And... If you think about it, all these recent talk about how um, other people's biome, you know, get and, and, and interact with your own, almost like if we were like some, I don't know, some kind of like, like a cloud surrounding us, you know, cloud of these, all these microorganisms that are like, uh, like uh, flying around us. And, and, and maybe when you are in close proximity with, with a... Uh, another person, you know, your mate, your partner or whatever, maybe that kind of like uh, has an influence or has some kind of role when those kinds of experiences happen. Maybe there's a physical, it's actually physical, but it's so minute that we can't, I mean, we can't measure I, it now. But Yeah, I mean, I've always uh, thought that there is not a really clear-cut distinction with with, with uh, what we will call only physical uh, symptoms or physical uh, uh, reasons and what we may regard as uh, beyond the physical or quote-unquote para, quote, paranormal, which is a term I've always said it that I personally loathe because it only speaks about our own ignorance about the natural world. So, you know, and in trying to explore, you know, the things that are could be triggers for these kinds of experiences. You know, Mike was talking about this uh, study conducted in Hawaii, which I also remembered, in which some kind of like um, physical similarity in the brains of all these people was found. And obviously, if you are of a materialist mindset, you will say, aha, so that's the reason, you know, there's nothing to it. But maybe the material similarity is only like a, a gateway or something that uh, creates a potential, you know, or, or, or increases the potential for having these experiences. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, Mike, um, yeah. thanks for coming on, Matty. It's uh, good to oh, chat okay. with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Send, me, send me some Improve of your blood. the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should start selling that stuff on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys, I mean, I don't know if you can get, you could start start pumping it. So you can get one of these uh, p companies that sell these cards and use it as a fundraiser, get all the listeners to get the blood check. Yeah, the guy with the, the RH negative gets to, the cards. Yeah, he gets to interview... Uh, 
person, an alien of their choice. <laughs> we could just start harvesting blood from our listeners and selling it. You're going to have to expand the igloo yeah. a bit. That's a way to support the show. Just send us your blood. RH negative yeah. only. Well, before we let you go, uh, do you want to pick a jingle? Uh, which ones? You don't have to. <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll take care, eh? Okay. Hey. We'll talk to you soon, man. Okay. Thanks, good, Mike. Uh, good uh, talking to all you guys. Okay. Great. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Who's up next? All right. Uh, well, we could go to Australia. Sure. Yeah, what's up? Good chats. Oh, Mike's Mike's great guy. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's try to get. Uh, you Luke said you're, you're universal donor, Red? I said that. Is I an O negative that... universal donor? Uh, yeah, but I had hepatitis when I was, uh, you know, oh, so... teen. So I think that disqualifies me. That's right. Me pink but you don't have it anymore. So, no, like, you'd still I... be a good friend to have in a jam. No, but I think that if you had it, it once. Hi, the person you have called is not available. Please oh, look, leave even, a short even the message, message after the tone and we'll send the message as a text. Oh, can you understand this verbal message in text? Are you, are you, are you, your voice message is being converted to text. It will be sent as an SMS. Sounds like he's a South African lady. They yeah. got a, he's got to send you it a screenshot like... of the text. <laughs> Sounded like one of thy Andwards songs. I'll go someplace else. Where are you going to go instead? Do uh, Let's go Zuger. He's in Eastern time, so it's getting late over there. Okay. What was that again? His uh, he's got a handle on here. Or right? Ponce, do Ponce. I seen his name at the top of the list. I'm sweating. <laughs> he's nervous. You want to bust Hello. into some spam or what? Hey, how's it going, Ponce? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. good. Wow, your audio yeah. sounds great. Just kind of started getting over the the live jitters, I suppose. Starting to Graham starting to calm down over here. Starting to sweat. Good. Yeah, we got. I, I, you didn't miss a beat, guys. We got James okay. Nation with us as well, and Red Pill Junkies on the line as well with you here. Hey, James. Hey, Red. What's yeah. up? Did you make it home? Guys. Yeah, I'm home. I'm I'm home. Thanks That's for all good. your support, Ponce. Appreciate it, man. Oh, guys, you guys are like my best friends on the road. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Where do we? How far do we drive today? Oh, let's see. West Virginia, top of West Virginia, about 600 miles. Whoa. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean. I drive a lot. Like, I don't drive 600 miles, but I bet you I put on fucking 200 kilometers a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it just depends. It, it depends on where the company has me working and, and, and whatever. It's, but I hate, I despise commercial flying. Unfortunately, like, I, mine's always around the same fucking roads. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you hate Calgary. flying, Ponce? T uh, TSA. Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that, and it's just, I, I guess it's, I don't like flying. I like to fly 
personally in the helicopter, but uh, yeah. crammed together and told I can't bring a bottle of shampoo, and uh, I'd just rather not yeah, if I don't have to. Yeah, that's TSA, then. <laughs> so do you have your license to fly? No, not yet. You're going for it, though? I will, yeah. That's, yeah, when the time, I'd love to when fly the time's right. I got oh, no, a little remote no control helicopter. It's fucking awesome. No, I've flown, I've flown <coughs> a helicopter before, and it is not an easy task. It's like, do, do any, do either of you play drums? Any one of you? I can play drums a little bit. You, you might be able to fly a helicopter. I'm not it's, very good. Oh god, you have to be like you have. But to I play guitar. My buddy flies yeah. a helicopter yeah. with one leg. Really? One leg. Yeah. yeah. Does That's cool. does guitar count? No, yeah. it doesn't count. I got violin not too. I'm gonna play with violin. With drums, you have your legs and your feet. With guitar, you just have your little fingers. Just have yeah. Well, yeah. You have your legs and your feet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Def Leppard drummer. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's not too soon. <laughs> Def, it's not too definitely soon. not too Def, soon. Half the listeners are like, "What's Def Leppard?" Yeah. It's this creature back in. Uh, Back I, in I the saw day him that in Calgary had seven last year. arms and sucked. Did you go to Did you go to see him in Calgary? No, no. Yeah, was good. Did you go? Yeah, I mean, you were like front row. <laughs> oh, awesome! So, I, knew, I knew it was you when you showed up at my show with your wig on that day. Yeah, I could tell. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ponce, do you, are you going to spill your invention idea on the show with us? Or no, I can't do that. Can you give us a Can you give us a hint or nothing? I, no? I, I like I told you, it's going to make you safe as fuck. It's a shield. It's, no, it's not a shield. Is it, is it a new, new, is it a new bubble? New type of condom? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, how do I How do I do it without without divulging the secret? Um, well, if it's no. risky, don't is it risk a wall it. from just bleep it out? A wall to keep red pill junkie out of America? No, it's not that. Either. No, no, but I, I think it's it will be internationally applicable. Like it, you're gonna, I, I promise you. If if I told you about it, you'd be like, oh fuck, it's so fucking simple. It's for the automotive industry. It's let's let's take it as this. It's it's a safety device that. Um, is gonna be like a seatbelt. It's gonna change my tires for me. It's no. It's it's just it's just going to change things. It's the next step as far as safety features go. And, uh, and and it's so simple, simple I'm as intrigued. fuck. Simple as fuck and safe as fuck and cheap. And it it will save lives. Um, and it's fucking inexpensive. What are your plans? Are you going to try to patent it yourself, or are you going to some kind right of now it's venture in the capitalist? Patenting. Okay. No, no, like oh, Shark Tank, fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Red, no, you could I'll, probably hook them up with some cheap labor down in Mexico, though, to get this manufactured. <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. Well, it's it's not going to be expensive. I I prototyped it off of. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Uh, like maker stuff, pro, like Arduino and shit like that for prototyping. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that like clay uh, or something, some sort of? Clay? No, it's a, it's a, it's a little tiny microcontroller, oh, and you can yeah. tell it to do basically anything you want it to do uh, okay, with, within limitations. We already know that it, it needs electronics to work. We shouldn't yeah. be trying to guess. When I get the patent pending, I promise you guys will be the very first to know. Very, very good. The best of success, then you know. I mean, anything oh, guys, to, to try to to 
curtail or to decrease the number of, of accidental deaths on automobiles, you know, has my seal of approval. Yeah, it, and it's cheap. Like I said, it's cheap. It's easy to install. Um, it from the, the only reason that we don't see this product on the market yet is because nobody has figured out a way to do it simply. And I, I, for some reason, I just, I don't know how I did it. I'm not a, I'm not a computer programmer. I don't know a whole lot about electronics, but it just evolved out of me. It's kind of like music. I don't know how to do it, but sometimes it happens. Maybe you channeled it, you know, and I totally believe Uh, that idea. Red, I think, I think you're right. And like I said, it's not out there yet because nobody else has figured out how to apply it from Toyota to, to a Subaru to it, it. It's just the way I've done it. It's, it's simple. Mm. And, uh, I'm very like, I'm, I'm hyper excited. Infinite possibilities. It's pregnant with possibility. In fact, it cannot fail. The only way it can fail is if it was stamped out or if somebody got to it sooner than I did. But I, I'm pretty sure that there's nobody else with better goals than I have for the result. So what if the government comes and takes your patent away and makes you uh, move to Iraq? I've, well, I've already been there, so... They got Skype there. We can interview you and find out what the story was. <laughs> oh, crack it open. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nothing that they... You know, the DOT, um, I think, if... If I could sell it to the insurance companies and the insurance companies say, oh, this is the greatest thing since canned blowjobs, then... What's that? Whoa, where, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, is this? what is this magical thing you mentioned? <laughs> what is this sorcery you're speaking <laughs> No, but really, it, if the insurance companies got a hold of it saying, because, like, you, the consumer, are going to see it and you're going to go, God damn, that's fucking cool. I want one. And then the insurance companies are going to see that everybody are wants this on their vehicles and it's cheap and that it has inherent uh, safety features that will save lives and it will save the insurance companies money. And if the insurance companies are willing to throw shit into the air to prevent hail damage on cars, they're going to want my device on cars and they're going to lobby for it. I want something so, that disables photo radar. That's, that is actually that too. possible. I, I can I can I can wrap my brain around that. Mm-hmm. Like an eye like Graham a radar needs camera. one of those. Well, I think you can get radar jammers, but I think that those are illegal. I just paid eighteen hundred dollars to register my car this year. <laughs> That's how many that. tickets I have. Oh, yeah. So like if you could build this register? device for fifteen hundred bucks, I'm I'm saving money. <laughs> nah, this this device is uh will cost less than a hundred, I think. Because I've, I've got like um, maybe 175 in the prototype, mm. like like literally 100, 125, 150 bucks just in the parts alone to build the prototype. That's not that's not talking about the patent lawyer. That that that's is a cost all of it. So. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. How long does it take to get a patent? Then how's that going? Um, well, it's terribly frustrating. Uh, because I've got another buddy who, who's gone through the invent, the invention process, seen it full, fully through, and he said that th- what I'm experiencing, like no communication, quietness, and stuff from from the lawyers, is totally typical. So it takes about since we paid them off, it's been 
Uh, I've been working on it for about a year. I paid him off, I don't know, three months ago. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you guys that I just paid him off in, a, in an email. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But, uh, yeah, so so now I'm just waiting. And I <clears throat> I could put it on my truck and and demonstrate it for people. Mm-hmm. Then, but I, I, what I don't want is for somebody with uh, influence, greater, greater, yeah, 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 greater yeah. influence than I have. Because let's, I don't think, I don't know. Well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's. Uh... I, I have, I have great intentions for the final result, and if I can get those intentions to focus and get this thing moved through most lubriciously, then uh, that would be great. Nice. Uh, let me make you an, an uncomfortable question then. What if you Go. realize that the best way to make sure that your invention uh, got uh, a better distribution and, and a, a better chance to actually save more lives will ended up being like uh, uh, having it to be open source, you know, to, you know, basically, you know, Give away your, your your invention to the world. <laughs> well, that would be posterity, and and if posterity wins out, um, I guess it it's all it all boils down to harmony and what happens most harmoniously. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it works out more harmoniously for it to be open source and the world just has it, then then that's the way it is, and that's the way I have to I have to go. Mm-hmm. So. But if I can make money off of it and pay off my debt slave servitude, then that would be great too. But uh, yeah, if I have to open source it because that's the way the universe pushes me, then so be it. You could become the I don't know the Linus Torvald of uh, you know auto auto safety. You know, <laughs> asking for for people. Or more brains to maybe even refine more the design, you know. And Linus Torvald, you know, it's not like he made a fortune out of uh, Linux, but uh, there were a lot of really grateful people there who made made him sure, you know, that he will get some kind of like compensation for his efforts. Well, this is simple, and anybody can really do it if they thought about it, right? Okay, um, yeah. It's, it's super simple, and and like I said, I started it on open source platforming. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, the idea has been um, I don't know twenty years in the making, and uh, it, it's it's only come to very recently that I had the appropriate skill set to possibly even build it. Okay. So Ponce, what are some of the what are some of the things you you'd like us to chat about on the show in the future, or do you have any favorite uh, kind of topics that we haven't touched on? No, well, have you guys? Do you guys know who Jordan Pierce is? I don't. Well, someone else messaged messaged me to have the, him on. No, it might have been me, uh, but this was months ago. I think that I mentioned it, it was uh, Jordan Pierce. He's the spirit, the guy that puts up the the spirit signs. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he's super cool. I think he's from Canada, also. Okay. Not that it's a small place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think he might be up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, like, I've, I've... I, I want to say I've heard he was from Calgary. <clears throat> but he's a super. He seems like a super grounded, uh, neat kind of person that that built this this thing that's all over the Facebook and all over YouTube. 
Yeah, that sounds great. I try. We really try and keep track of uh, people that uh, listeners suggest and like watch. You know, pe- things that people send us, YouTube's and websites and all that kind of stuff. I think I remember you sending this to me, and I was already just finding out about it actually, but I didn't really realize he was the guy. So, um, yeah, yeah. He, he he seems like he's pretty uh, pretty reachable. Like he's trying. He's trying to network, do, doing like the thrive kind of thing, and just pulling people together for, you know, the ever expanding consciousness. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple people like that that are running sites like that, like Collective Evolution, for example, and and the Spirit Science, where it's kind of good because they've they've got scientific articles as well, but stuff that really doesn't get talked about in the uh, the mainstream. There, that's right. Uh, it's spiritscience.net, uh, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, I'd have to. Do you remember? I think. No, I don't remember. I can okay, I'll I can check. I think I got. It, I just got it up here, and I think that's the thing you're talking about. But yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, we could do also uh, an episode about inventions. You know, I mean that 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 could be a good thing. You know, about the idea about whether inventions or the age of invention has become uh, something of uh, of a past age, you know, I mean this romanticized notion of someone like, I don't know Edison or someone who could make the greatest thing ever out of their garage um, or whether that is something that cannot happen because you need like uh, millions of dollars and, and, and a huge uh, what a, what well, now they just build them on laptops, right? People are making great inventions that are improving our lives every day just in the form of apps. Or, yeah, but are, those are different things because those are, I don't want to say immaterial, but those <laughs> are like uh, code base where, where things like uh, what Pons here is trying to, to create, you know, it's, I think it's more difficult to, to create something tangible. You know, an invention that is tangible, that invention that 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 uh, involves materials and involves, you know, physics and whatnot. Maybe what we need to do is get in, into the maker community. Isn't there a whole maker community out there of people just making yeah. shit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you can go to the make website and there's just all kinds of shit you can do it yourself and make, hack into toys or whatever and, you know build hybrid Frankenstein projects out of <laughs> stupid shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Isn't Frankenstein already a hybrid? Touche. The first hybrid. <clears throat> well done. Well played, sir. How about Rob? Have you heard of the Hutchinson effect? Yes. We tried. Darren almost had him on. Who? Hutchinson. He used to be in Vancouver, and the Hutchinson effect is what they talk about in uh, who, who one of our guests talks about it. Yeah, oh, yeah I think I remember, remember. Chase. Was it was it was it Pam, Patty Greer that was talking about? It? <clears throat> um, possibly, but somebody more recent. Um, geez, now I can't believe I can't remember that. Uh, oh, maybe it was uh, that uh, Nassim Harriman dude. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jamie Janover. Yeah, it might have been him. Right. Anyways, anyways, I mean, it's it, all related. It's fascinating because he had a lab in a little apartment in Vancouver and he was 
fucking around with the energy and all that in this electro I don't, what would you even call that ponce is it sort of some magnetic levitation electromagnetic levitation or something like that or yeah i guess you or, could call it magnetic <clears throat> anti-gravitic well he melts something about melting metal melting steel as well or something like that like he would change the composition oh you know what it was it was the uh as judy wood talks about it in the 9-11 dustification exactly that's that's the effect that was used to take down the towers you guys are all in on the dustification now. <coughs> what? Hey, Red, we talked about this, member. I think so. Dustifying yeah. the Twin Towers. Yeah, this is the Hutchinson Turned effect. Because yeah. so, he, yeah. he had his lab fucking yeah, erated in Vancouver. Maybe it was actually salt it got turned into. Do you, a pillar do you of think salt. it was the U.S. feds or was it the Canadian? Uh, <laughs> Definitely feds the Canadian feds. <laughs> Let's get them Americans. The RCMP. No, no, no. Let's no, he's talking. Let's take our tank and our plane. We're gonna get them. <laughs> no, Ponce is talking about who raided his place in Vancouver. That'd be the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> we would, we would have kindly knocked on the door. Not that there's Excuse anything me, wrong with that. Excuse me, sir. You're using up a lot of power. Could you please? Uh, you gotta use the LED off. lights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but his stuff is pretty nutty. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued with his the batteries that he made out of like piezoelectricity. Because, like bag okay, Baghdad battery stuff, like no, he, they're That's like crystalline. Juice. Yeah, that was orange juice. That was citrus and you know something else and copper. Um, but no, he was using like crystals nice. and the piezoelectricity that they give off to generate like registerable. Um, uh, electricity. So he'd pull, put a multimeter on it and just let it run like a motor for days and days and days and the voltage would not change, even with a small load. Yeah, and so there's an invention right there that he'll try and patent and then it'll just disappear in the black vault and that'd be actually a yeah, good podcast see, to have. It's all about the inventions that so, never made it. Yeah, yeah that would yes, be that would be good. But then how would you know? So we'll just we'll just we'll just speculate. People out there, if you invented something that the government took away, let's hear from you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, well, you're allowed you hear to about talk all to the us. free energy stuff that that has been removed from, I don't know, deleted from the mainframe. Yep, allegedly. Nice. Yeah. So so speaking of crystals and and this type of stuff, the the lady we're having on, Dr. Carmen Bolter, is coming on, and there's this town in Russia that's made with massive crystal pyramids and stuff like the whole town it's like this new agey sort of town and they've made it like with pyramids like taking the stuff out of giza and all this kind of stuff but with massive crystals in it what's the name there. of Let's that place vibrationistan or something that's <laughs> <laughs> the fifth, fifth dimension like that's a porno movie <laughs> oh dear lord <laughs> well ben thanks for coming on pons we should probably keep moving along here we still got a lot of people to get through um, but Great. yeah, it's thanks for pleasure, coming guys. on the show. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for your support. And what are you gonna oh, do? In, what what uh, you got to check out some other podcasts, huh? THC and uh, stuff. Yeah, I I tried THC, and I don't know something annoyed me about about them at at the very beginning. And I for, I'm afraid if I if I go to No Agenda, I might not come back. Yes, uh, that's a good uh, definite concern. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, wait till you catch up on the back catalog, and then you could you be able to squeeze us in. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure. Oh, do you want to pick a jingle before you go? Oh yeah, uh, Graham is a full on believer. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Graham.
Sam is an all-in believer in chemtrails. Perfect, guys. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you later. Go get your chemtrails today. Graham is an all-in. Mike wants to be next. Alrighty. Should we start doing them two at a time? Yeah, well, I'm going to get, uh, what I want to do is get Because there's still Zuger to get to. I want to get somebody else in with Micah. Okay. Because it'll be appropriate. Whatever. I mean, it's still not that late here. I know it's late for some of you guys, but if you just stick with us, we're not. We, we started late, so we can still go for another hour, hour and a half. No problem. That's late for me. <laughs> oh, stop it. It's the third year Fandango. Oh, stop it. It's the third year Fandango. Oh, what? Someone's done something. That's because Mike it's is missing is... and he's <laughs> Mike has got his mix of play. <laughs> Micah, turn off your radio like they say on Coast to Coast every night. Listener, please turn off your radio. I, I thought he was a pro. Oh, I'm a pro. <laughs> the problem is, is I'm having to sit out here and monitor you guys so that you sound good. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pro. Listen to this shit. I'm trying to pass the Mixler thing on to Darren because I got too many things going on and I can't talk and listen and do that chatting at the same time. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I know. Not everybody can do that. Only us. I'm not going to say it because I'm going to sound like I'm pissed off. You know, I'm just giving you a shit. But <laughs> how you guys doing tonight? Apart from, apart from the minor technical stuff. Everything going good, yes. Oh, it's been a gong show. We're trying, we're doing a bunch of stuff we never did before, and we didn't start trying to figure it out until two hours before the show. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been there. I know how that goes. As a matter of fact, actually, the stream coming down Skype sounds uh, beautiful. It sounds wonderful, which which I can only take to mean that the uh, eventual podcast will also sound just as good. Boy, I tell you, things are hot in here in my studio, though. Yes, we, oh, are, we, we have are to have hot. the door open for the first time ever. We're recording with yeah. the door wide open, and we are hot too because we have James. Uh, or no, we have good Skype because we have James Nation who's here with us as well to thank for that because he got us. We got a great connection and a, and a dedicated little Skype setup here, and it's like he set really, up. Our, he really, set up the internet. In it's really improved here. the quality. Did yeah, you check out the Periscope feed at all? I, I was monitoring them both. Yes, and um, I had intended to cut off the. Um, the mixler before you guys called and then i ran out of the room real quick to get a glass of water and then that was still running and i had to jump in there and take the call but my mic was off so yeah uh but the periscope actually uh was was uh, i think not as good quality but it was louder but by the same token that wouldn't load as well because of the video bandwidth issue so uh mixler seems to be the way to go uh it's just uh, getting the volume levels up that's the thing from platform to platform it's always different yeah, well, the the feed, the the uh, bass recording will be good for sure because that's still the same old, same old, same old. And I can, so the podcast will sound good. Oh, yeah. It's it's always just a, you know, an ongoing process of uh, becoming, learning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, once again, I mean, I've been there myself trying different things over the years. I mean, every everybody who podcasts does that and I, i'll tell you this i was listening to a podcast today and it's nobody in like our community or anything like that so i'm not like bashing any of our friends uh it was just a podcast that i will say is associated with a mainstream news site okay well not a mainstream i'd say it's actually uh, a big time alternative sort of news site uh, <laughs> and, coast. <laughs> no no it wasn't no no nothing like Info, that. it was Infowars. No, it wasn't them either. Yeah, you, you, you'll probably never guess because it's not it's not anybody that you'd think. So, um, but the uh, you guys are going to keep trying to guess. I'm sure. But the uh, the podcast 
was remarkably bad. Um, I mean, some of the discussion was pretty good, but by the same token, compared to the kind of discussions I hear amidst our kind of circle of peeps, it was, I mean, it was it was very vapid. And the audio quality, it's incredible. Caleb's talked about this in the past, too, how many really well-known uh, you know, podcasts that, that are really gaining traction sound like the microphone is inside a coffee pot while coffee is being made. I mean, it's just like <laughs> you, you can tell. Hey, Red, by the way, how you doing? Uh, it's, it's, you, you can tell that, I mean, a lot of the time they've got a single little microphone in the room and they're like, oh, well, nobody gives a shit. This will sound good enough. Close enough, right? You know? You guys, like me, y'all went out. I don't use a, a Heil PR40, but I know you guys went out and got some. I mean, you guys really put a lot of uh, you know, effort into, obviously, as people watching on Periscope can see, you've built this studio. Um, and, uh, hell, I wrote a damn book about podcasting. I mean, there are some of us out here who take this really seriously. And so it's kind of funny when I see these you know, big-time news sites and things who are doing their podcast now, and it's like you can tell this is just not their forte. This is not what they were built to do. <laughs> Yeah, I can't listen to a show with bad audio. Yeah, and a lot of them do have that. <laughs> so what have you been up to lately, Mike? We haven't talked to you for a while. It's, what's going on? Well, a lot of stuff. You know, uh, is, is, uh, Darren is aware. I was at a private little, little get-together this past weekend with our friend Randall Carlson oh. and Brad. Yeah, and it was really cool getting to uh, spend some time with him because I think a lot of people... You know how it is. People will peg you as being one thing. Oh, Micah is a podcaster. Well, apart from that, I'm also a musician, and I also travel a lot, and I write books, and I research, and I really was doing all that long before I started podcasting. The podcasting thing became a supplement to my writing and research, and um, and Randall's kind of the same way. People are like, oh, yeah, and everybody I mention his name to, I say, you know, I was at a thing with Randall. And they say, oh, yeah, the sacred geometry guy. Well, yeah, that's one finger on the glove, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool because this weekend we did this this awesome, really, there was a break in the middle, but otherwise it was a four-hour uninterrupted, not a conference or not a speech. It was a seminar. Just he and wow. about 12 of us in this little, in this little uh, uh, like a sunroom, built onto this 200-year-old log cabin way out in the mountains of Appalachian. Uh, well, actually, I can tell you more specifically than just the Appalachian Mountains. It, it was out in Madison County. I'm oh, sorry? No, no, go ahead. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I hear this strange disembodied voice in the background. No, the um, the uh, location, again, was this 200-year-old log cabin, and it was really a, one of the most unique experiences I've ever had because... When you when you think about Randall Carlson, you think about his many appearances on Joe Rogan's show, uh, his many appearances on Grime America. He's been on your show, I think, three times now. Four, four. Oh yeah. wow! Um, I've not had him on my show yet, although I have gotten to know him pretty well over the last couple of years. You guys met him last year also, and I know you guys have stayed in touch. And uh, the, the approach that he takes, I'll, I'll put it to you like this: This is the best way I could describe it. Uh, I don't agree with everything that uh, Graham Hancock says, who we refer to in this community as the other Graham. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Graham's the first one to respond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I keep hearing about this guy, but you know, we, uh, we all met Graham Hancock. He's um, you guys know last, uh, well, actually two uh, autumns ago. And um, 
uh, I like him. I like his research. I find it fascinating. I don't agree with him on all points. But I've often looked at what he does and said, who will be the next person who comes along and is able to present, I mean, some true, truly mind-numbing truths about whether it be ancient history or anything else? You know, every now and then you have one of those researchers who comes along and just really, I mean, is a game-changer. And I always wondered, how can anybody do that? but in a way that academia might even be more accepting of than Graham Hancock had done, and yet nonetheless was that game-changing kind of researcher. And, uh, and again, I can say that without being overly critical of Graham or completely agreeing with everything he says, because I don't buy this. Well, either you 100% agree with that person or you 100% disagree. That seems to be the whole believer-skeptic thing these days. Yeah, um, I would say that one of those two factions is a little more hard-nosed about all of it than the other. And let's just be clear, it's the modern skeptics that are, you know, it's it's either you you are 100% in-step, lock-step with us and our ideology, or you are not at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, whereas many believers or advocates, as I would call them, are like, well, you know, I might not agree with you completely, but I still can listen and I like things that you say. Um when we talk about politics, it's interesting because nobody would ever say, you know, vote for the person that you agree with 100. Well, some people would. But I think the reality of politics, if you really are being honest, is you vote for the person who you share the most values with. And in my experience, I never find a political candidate I agree 100% with. So like like with politics, Graham's like that. I find that I admire a, a lot of his theories, if not maybe a, a majority, and I don't have to agree with everything he says to still find him relevant and important. So anyway, analogies aside, I've been thinking, well, who will be able to take that to the next level? Who's going to be the guy that can come along and who can put more science behind it, who can put just as much energy and and who can tie together uh, almost on that synchro-mystical level so many of those elements like Graham once did. Who's going to be the guy who will do that next? Could somebody do it like that? Uh, and I'd kind of wondered, God, who else, what else is there even to write? Then I heard this this seminar. I was very familiar with Randall's work, but when you spend four hours with him in a room, and I was literally sitting right next to his little podium where his computer was, and so he was you know, kind of interacting with me throughout the entire thing, uh, which was humbling in a lot of ways. And you see the kind of research this guy's done. Uh, you learn about his own geological background, his academic background in that, the travel, the work, the persistence he's put into all of this. And I realized as I'm sitting out there in this in this majestic, hilly, extremely remote part of Madison County with this group of maybe 10 or 15 people, I realized that's the guy. And that's why Graham Hancock's working with him because Graham, like many of us recognize Randall Carlson, is the one person who's come along who is not only kind of done the sort of thing with ancient mysteries and cataclysms that, that Graham touches on in his own work, but but Randall brings so much geological science to it, and he brings in the, the periodic climate changes that have occurred throughout Earth's ancient history. He brings that in a way that is respective of the idea of anthropogenic global warming or climate change. Again, that term has kind of changed as well, but nonetheless also... Uh, in a broader sense of things, in recognition of the fact that this is something that has been cyclical. And I've been brought to his attention, now more and more we're seeing news stories that are referring to the term climate change in conjunction with things like what killed off the dinosaurs. Uh, Climate change, uh, you know, made it difficult for ancient uh, Europeans and their crops. And more and more the scientific community is warming up to the use of that terminology in a non-politicized 
way. And again, Randall's just on the forefront of understanding the true nature of the cyclical nature of Earth changes and also the cataclysms we faced in our ancient past. And just to kind of cap all that off, uh, he had, because I know you guys asked what I've been doing, but really, I mean, when you when you run into somebody like Randall, this is what I've been doing. I've been spending some time with him, and he's fascinating. But to cap all that off, he had, he had uh, actually mentioned that he had recently been invited to give a lecture before, I believe it was the State Board of of um, uh, Geologists in Georgia. He lives in Atlanta. And he said, I kind of expected they would challenge me on a lot of points. And he said, I went in there and I sat down, uh, you know, or stood up rather actually because he kind of walks around like I do when he gives his lectures. And he said, I, I really gave them as much factual data as I could fit into the period that I had to speak. And he said, I, I was met without a single challenge. They were very receptive. They were very appreciative. And generally looking at everything with their own scientific you know, background in the field of geology, they looked at what I presented and said, well, you tie it together in a different way, and there's nothing that we would dispute about what you've said. That is extremely novel for someone in this you know, area of research to be able to do. And so, yeah, that's that's been what I've been up to in the immediate sense and in the broader sense, just the ongoing study of trying to understand the social movements, I think, that affect our belief in things that range from those ancient mysteries to UFOs to a host of other things. Nice. That must be fascinating. What, the other it. thing I love about Randall's work is it, it's not only that hard science stuff, but he also gets into the mystical stuff and the, the temple building and the and the uh, heavy metal kind of stuff, sacred geometry, like uh, quite a lot of other esoteric stuff as well. The moon. That's absolutely true. And, you know, there was there was an instance where over the uh, the course of the last month, you know, I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> as you know, and Randall and I were there together one night, and uh, we were standing in this Masonic lodge, and he started go. He's a Mason, of course, and Randall starts going over some of the Masonic rites and traditions, and he kind of goes into a dialogue from a Masonic um, ritual, and we all felt it. Yeah, standing in the yeah. room, and we all we all felt whatever it was. This this we you know it was the, I don't know if it was the induction of a of a theta state or just some sort of a binaural change in which you your mind begins to flow with the rhythm, and it's so cool because I said to Randall, I said you know that's interesting because that is a rhythmic effect that that has, and he says he points at me. He, I love how Randall if you if you say something he likes, he'll come over and he'll fist bump you, and he goes and this wasn't during a lecture. It was just he and I and about three other people. My buddy Adam Sane of the Conspiranormal Podcast and a few others, we were just kind of hanging out with Randall in this Masonic Lodge, and he comes over and he says, that is exactly right. And before he did this seminar last weekend out there in Madison County, he started by just sitting down with a, with a, a drum, you know, an African drum, and just beating on it. And it's interesting because, again, I think he he recognizes that that role that rhythm plays in all of this. And you guys... You know, going all the way back to the first book I wrote called Magic, Mysticism, and the Molecule, there wasn't enough about it, but I certainly touched on techno-shamanism, binaural rhythms, you know, and, and, and the way that there are different meth methods that have been applied over, over the eons, really since time immemorial, um, in an effort to induce altered states of consciousness. And you guys know I'm not someone who's long been a uh, experimenter uh, with any kind of hallucinogenic substances, although I'm not opposed to that, especially in a controlled circumstance, because for me it's not about recreation at all. It's about uh, exploration. Yeah, you don't need that either. You just need drums, man. It's happened to me. Well, yeah, you see, you do know what I'm talking about, the yeah. Dr. Graham. Oh, yeah, I cried, I balled my, eye, but my, uh, my eyes out in a 
because of some drums once. I hear about all the different, I mean, everything from what Cam and Kyle have talked about. Cam, Cam I know, has gone to Austin and done the, uh, what do they call those, the, the water tanks, you know, where you, you float. Oh, sensory deprivation. Yeah, the float tanks, yeah. It's a, it's a form of, sen- yeah, Red's right. It's a form of sensory deprivation, but I think there's a, a term for that, which is kind of funny because do you guys remember the film Altered States from back in the day? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Oakley, uh, one of the long-time uh, on-again, off-again co-hosts of the Graylian Report, uh, had loaned me that film a while back. I hadn't seen it, and really, I, I started out loving it, and then when the when he devolves into the monkey man and is running around, I mean, it kind of my suspension of disbelief just went right out the window, right out the stratosphere, in fact. But it's still an entertaining film in certain ways. <laughs> um, I think a, a story I like better, though, that uh, pairs fiction with what I think is kind of a thinly veiled interpretation of a greater reality beyond that which we perceive with the five senses and also the many lesser senses uh, is Lovecraft's story from beyond. You guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a film based on that just as well. But uh, in the actual story, it was one of the shorter stories that was written by uh, Lovecraft and it's in the public domain now. You can read the entire thing on like Wikipedia. But in that story, the uh, protagonist is the narrator and he's describing his friend Crawford Tillinghast, this mad scientist, you know. And Crawford Tillinghast has created a machine that will resonate with the pineal gland. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, this this story was a written back in the 20s. This was, this, <laughs> this was written back in the 20s, so think about this for a second because, you know, the first... Uh, now, granted, Descartes talked about how he believed that the pineal gland may be the seat of the soul... But yeah. the first the first studies with dimethyltryptamine didn't occur until the 1950s, and those were with uh, schizophrenic patients. Rick Strassman comes along in the 1990s, and of course he gets a DEA approval to carry out studies with dimethyltryptamine, and he was the first to speculate. He actually began thinking it was melatonin, and then he shifts his, his gears around to thinking, well, maybe this is actually dimethyltryptamine. He said that there was some anecdotal evidence, and I've actually corresponded with Strassman some of the years about some of this stuff, uh, as indicated and discussed in my book, Magic, Mysticism, and the Molecule, but he uh, had he he had he had garnered information, gleaned information from studies that indicated that not only was DMT, dimethyltryptamine, a close chemical cousin to uh, you know serotonin, and 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 of course, I'm sure you guys talk about it quite on your show, but uh, we all know what DMT is, but. Uh, it can be it can be used externally or induced or, or or brought into the system from an external source. In other words, you know, smoked, injected, and it can create. I think this smoked l- is the best way, right? Well, that seems to be the quickest way to do it, and you have to have really very very pure and, and a certain very special amount if you're going to be able to inject it and it have the hallucinatory effect. Too much, you know, the experiencer may presumably have a, a hallucin a hallucination, but they don't come back from the experience with any conscious memory of what has happened. Too little. This just seems to be absorbed into the body, and there's no effect. Well, and so, it on Darren. Well, you know, again, in a controlled circumstance, it would be a very, very interesting thing to try, which Daniel Pinchbeck, of course, wrote a book a few years ago talking about his own experiences with ayahuasca, the, the yage used in the ceremonial rituals in parts of South America. That book, by the way, was Breaking Open the Head, a contemporary journey to the heart of shamanism. and Or maybe it was, I guess, a psychedelic journey to the Part of contemporary shamanism, I think, was the subtitle. Um, very interesting book. Randall, by the way, is a brief anecdote. Randall and Brad said they recently just had dinner with Daniel Pinchbeck, so that must have been interesting. But long story short, though, these people who have these experiences with dimethyltryptamine, I mean, they describe a wide range of interesting things. 
And Strassman certainly had been one of those individuals who had said, yeah, you know, this is something we should we should study and try to, to, to you know, make sense of. Now, the fact that Lovecraft, keeping in mind that Strassman was, to my knowledge, the first in the 1990s to begin speculating that the pineal gland may be the source of what he calls the endogenous release. In other words, an internal release of DMT into the bloodstream, which might be triggered in a number of ways. And that's beyond the scope of the present discussion. But the way that he talked about that, and then we go back to the 1920s, and here is Lovecraft writing a story about a guy who creates a machine that resonates with the pineal gland and, and allows us to see into other dimensions. I mean, it's, it's almost incredibly synchronistic in the way that Lovecraft almost seemed to be able to predict certain things, certain trends that uh, I, I guess in terms of medical and oncolo- uh, oncological uh, 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 data, I mean, later on might be somewhat justified. Yeah, I, yeah they're, now they're good. starting to show that it really is in the brain. So that's interesting. Yeah. Hey, Micah, before we let you go, we got somebody. I want to add somebody to the call who I, I think she listens to both our shows. It would be kind of cool if you were on here as well when we have her. So, Sure. When are you coming to Canada, Micah? Are you and Red going to come up in the winter? We'll go skiing? Yeah, we should. Let's do it, Red. It's in the possibility right now. Yeah. RPG will freak out if he sees snow, probably. Oh, we'll fucking <laughs> yeah, drag him out there. We, <laughs> he won't go outside. We can make a snowman and shit. We'll fucking well, have a snowball fight. Winter camping <laughs> in a Quincy. We can what the fuck's a Quincy? It's like an igloo, but it's just a big pile of snow and you dig a hole and climb inside. Oh, so it's a <laughs> shitty igloo. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, the the Indians invented it. You should know this one. <laughs> we, inv- we invented it, yes. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <be> fine. <laughs> I was like, it's like a entry-level igloo. Yeah, it's the, That's like low the budget. Yeah. When you don't have a saw to cut the, the bricks. Yeah, and then you start moving up. You live in that way. You build your. You build. You live in that way. You build your dream igloo. I got a technical question here. If I call, it'll the, this whole this will be put on hold. This call will be put on hold. You can just add them. Add the group. No, it's call. not. It's not. It's not working. Do I need to add them over here on my end? Damn it! No, I don't think so. You shouldn't. I should. <laughs> you need to do fun. it all with these amateurs. Here, keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. Hey, Red. Uh, I was going to say before we go up to visit them in Canada, though, you and I have to make a little visit down to Chile. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you? Did I tell you about the... the, uh, the uh, did, okay, I don't think I told you about... Yeah, I did. I sent you a screen grab. We that. need to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, there was an ad in 2009 advertising uh, something to some <clears throat> friends of ours. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about that some other time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you guys been to Peru? No. Nope. I want to go there and check all that stuff out, too. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Peru. Yeah, I would want, would like to go to Ecuador to take a look to the famous or infamous Tayos Cave. What's that? Oh man, it was featured in one of Eric Bondanikin's books. You know, the Gold of the Gods. There's a whole mythology surrounding that cave. Is it ruins or something? Or Neil Armstrong, you know, the first man to go to went to to, to set foot on the moon, Allegedly. Uh, was part of an. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was part of a uh, a team of uh, American explorers who went and checked out the the Tayos cave. So, so what is it? Is it like a, it's like pyramid style, or is it just no? Like- 
kind of like more on the idea of uh, Machu Picchu. No, no, no. More in the vein of Hollow Earth theories, you know, and and, and oh. uh, underground realms and all of that kind of stuff. What, what, do you believe in the Hollow Earth, Red? No, but I believe that there could have been, you know, cultures living that, underground. Uh, living underground. Well, there are massive. Under massive uh, cave systems. Yeah, they found something in Turkey or wherever, didn't they? Or... They found something in Mexico. Have you never seen the uh, footage or the pictures from the Neca cave here? I think it's in the state of Chihuahua, Mexico. If you see those f uh, images, it's like a real-life version of Superman's Fortress of Solitude with these ginormous crystals. In these like like dwarf, all the the uh, explorers, the speleologists that are, and they uh, say like uh, people lived in there. No, but what I mean when you look at those photos, it gives you perspective about how much of of all these hidden underground systems we really don't have any knowledge of yeah all the caverns and even those yeah. cenotes in mexico are cool like you know how far they go under you know, it's, I don't yeah, know if you ever exactly. swam through those are great yeah 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 i saw i saw like, something on tv where they found like a cave system but it had like rooms and stuff and they were saying there was something like five thousand people living there like i don't remember where it was mm, does that sound familiar well, to you well not really obviously Graham's dialing. Yeah, I guess. I'll ask his. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm not sure if I've... You just cut off first. Hello, everybody. And everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got a <laughs> delay. delay. Charity. Charity. Are you there? Are you there? Can you, are you there? You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, sorry about that. <laughs> I just cut everybody else off. I'm going to try I'm going to try and get you back in here. Okay. Get everybody else back in. Can you can you add to the group call, do you think? Try. I just keep talking. Hang on a sec. <laughs> so, um as you were trying to add me in, I was like, sure, put me after Micah. No, we're <laughs> getting you people. on with Micah. <laughs> I was trying to get you on with Micah. That's why. But uh, I, I disconnected the whole group call here. So. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's mm. okay. How are you? I'm um, doing good. That's good. Listen to you guys. Just Micah and Red, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You might, you might be put on hold a couple times here. Okay. You could probably turn off your uh, your video, and then we'll uh, this uh, should improve the signal a bit. Good. Is it storming there? Now? I prefer that. <laughs> yeah, it's been raining off and on, and um, a little bit of thunder, but I think that's over now, so that's good. Yeah, we had uh, we had storm warnings here as well. I guess we're not too far away, like six hours, maybe. No, what, six hours. About drive? eight, I think. Did you see that picture I sent you guys of the cloud yesterday? In yeah. Yeah. 
That was out there, really? Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy looking. Like a big flying saucer was hiding in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to get everybody back here. Oh, D Darren, just wait here, buddy. Just, uh, there's sure. all these oh, things coming There up. we go. There's red. <laughs> Is Micah back, too? I see his little green avatar. Oh, I think it's the other Micah. Ultra Micah. The other Micah is supposed to be on. Is that the what sh showed up though? With those? The periscope just went down for a minute. We're going to bring it back up. We need to change batteries. Okay. <gasps> okay. Here. Yeah, that Micah. Yes. Yeah, is that Micah, Micah back? Oh, there's two Micahs. Micah, are you there? Micah. Hello, hello. Robots from the dawn of time. Micah. Sorry, guys. I had I had three Skype things coming Micah. through at once. There, I was trying to call out, and calls were coming in, and I hung up on all you. That's okay. You're doing a great job over there, Graham. So, Micah, uh, yeah. say hi to Charity. She's on the line with us here as well, and Red Pill Junkies with us too. I'm hi, really Micah. Hi, Red Pill. How are you guys? Uh, Oh, hey, Charity, sorry I was screaming in your ear. Um, that's okay. I think you're screaming in everybody's ears. <laughs> oh, really? What's that now? Thank you for all the gratuitous information. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, welcome. So Charity was all worried because she had to follow you, Micah, but I told her I was trying to get her on with you. So I know she listens to your show lots as well. Exactly. It's so much better when we can all just do it together, right? Yep. That's right. That's, that's why we call it time travel, right? There's only one time that we humans really know. We can think about the future, we can remember the past, but all there is ever is the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is true. Think about that, yeah. But if you're lost think and you look, then you will find me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody's ears bleeding, so don't think too deeply about it. But, you know, just, just realize that fundamental now. <laughs> that's exactly Charity's right. working on that right now, aren't you, Charity? Yeah, I was just going to say that's a... Um, mindfulness principle and that I've been going to meditation classes and it's um, also a kind of a Buddhist concept. So. It is indeed, yeah. Is it helping? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I've really enjoyed it a lot and um, it's it's really, it does help you focus on the now when you get start getting like frustrated like in this current situation when we couldn't connect, like I don't need to get upset about this. I can just sit and wait. It will all work out. <laughs> and it did. So yeah, that's, here. that's what I yeah. say as well, actually, is that all the, the mindfulness uh, meditation practice, it is practice of staying in the moment throughout the day. Like, that's really what it boils down to. So while, while the rest of us were like, what the fuck, Ram? <laughs> Charity was like, um, <laughs> Skype, it's okay. <laughs> It's not his fault. He tries his best. Well, and I think something happened on my end. <laughs> I think it gets end. it's weird. Oh. It gets weird when you start adding in uh, phone mixing phone numbers and live telephones and Skype connections, and never so, seems to go smoothly. Charity, what kind of like simple exercise would you recommend? You know, for people who know next to nothing about meditation like me, <laughs> to try to help you cope with those, like, you know, extreme situations out of your daily life. 
So like a daily life example? Yep. I don't know. You're stuck in traffic or <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, yep. it's like 15 minutes before you can go uh, uh, your day job, you know, schedule ends and your job, your boss, you know, is asking you for something that will force you to stay for another hour or something. Things mm -hmm. like that in which most of us will, you know, feel enraged or feel incredibly anxious, you know, what kind of like simple things could someone do in order to try to, to cope with those situations better? Um, well, what I, what I try to do in those situations is just kind of take a moment. So um, say something like that comes up, like my boss comes to my desk and says, you need to be doing this or you missed this on this, um, particular situation, could you please reprocess all of these medical claims? Um, so it kind of at the moment stresses me out. But then what I try to do is is like stop and take a moment for myself and just take maybe a few minutes to just focus on my breathing. And um, what we kind of focus on in class lately is taking a few minutes and just breathing in and count your breathing in and out as one and do it for 10 and then start over and try to do that for like two or three minutes. See if that would help you calm down and refocus and then go back to work. So okay. that's what um, I've been working on. Um, another thing is, is like I, around here, we get a lot of trains like with coal and stuff going through town. So you get stuck at a train a lot. So I'm trying to take that as an opportunity to just sit and breathe and enjoy like my surroundings and um, mm. like send positive thoughts out to people. That's another great meditation is like, is the heart meditation where you wish yourself and others happiness and freedom from suffering. And okay. I think that improves the stressful day. That sounds great. But, I yeah. heard a good one for beginners the other day is, uh, you sit and close your eyes and sit and, uh, breathe in and out through your nose and you you really focus on just feeling the air passing by your the tip of your nostril in and out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't we, tried we do it that yet. Too, towards the end. It seems like that is a little harder when you first start out to just focus on the breath. Um seems a little easier to have something in your mind like the counting part or um like a little saying like I'm breathing in and I'm feeling happiness and I'm breathing out and I'm relaxing. So for beginners, that's often easier, but that is like mm. one of the things that you, you work towards is just focusing on that breath coming in your nose, like just that point, feeling that. So, yeah. yeah I, I'm going to try that one. I, I think I can handle that. Because if you're you know? stuck in your head, if you're stuck in your head really and you start really focusing on your breath, like you can't be thinking about other stuff at the same mm -mm. time. Like it really does calm you down. Uh, it instantly yeah, calms it you down. Yeah. Brings okay. you right into the moment. Oh. Okay, but um, I was actually going to say um, that it was funny that you're bringing on Micah and then I was coming on because I was going to say something about how I really liked Randall Carlson and I liked um, hearing more about like the archaeo, um, like the archaeology and the mythology and how those connect. I also liked listening to your guys' interview with David Matheson on his star myths and the constellations and how he connects like he takes myths and make them into the real world um, reality that we can look at in our everyday 
Mm. So we can apply the myths that we learn as children and throughout school and different areas in our life and see the reality of them. And I, I like when you can bring people on to have those conversations. So I was going to say, you should bring Mike on and have him talk about magic mysticism and the molecule. And then ah. he started talking about it. <laughs> so ah, I thought that was funny. And Randall as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you should do is like what we did with with Joe Rogan, you know, where Joe gets Graham and Randall on. Well, you should get Randall and I on and see where that goes because, man, that <laughs> oh, yeah, I can just talk to the guy for hours, and he is just great. I, I told him all this too. I mean, you know, I'm not just trying to like blow him up here because he can do that on his own. Uh, it's very rare that I come across a um, again this this term has kind of become blasé, you know, researcher. Oh, I'm a researcher. I'm an investigator. <laughs> I'm an investigator. I go out, you know. Everybody and their damn brother's an investigator these days. Or they, they have some little ceremonial title that they lay claim to. You know, people ask me, what do you do? You're an investigator? <laughs> I'm an investigator. <laughs> <laughs> you see Grimes knows. Actually, Grimes, Grimes and Graham and, and Red, all, all these guys know me better than most people. Uh, they, they know I'm just uh, another hopeless little bit of flotsam and jetsam like really every human being is. You, <laughs> Once you and I and I wish I could lay claim to that, but really that is something, kind of a beautiful little rumination uh, that the actor Peter Capaldi, one of my favorite actors, obviously because he portrays the current Doctor in the uh, British BBC sci-fi series Doctor Who, but he's done a lot of other things too. In fact, um, one of my favorite things he did was the narration of this uh, BBC special. I'm sorry, I think it was a History Channel special actually on the life of Leonardo da Vinci, and he did a marvelous job with the narration and he's a documentarian just as well but all that aside um he had, he had described his, the doctor this cosmic character who travels through space and time as being uh, a hopeless bit of flotsam and jetsam uh you know uh, and, and there were other things he said too but that i've always loved that because really that's everybody some people begin to buy their own hype you know mm-hmm. uh and 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 it's kind of sad really i you know i can tell you guys haven't and neither has charity or, or red pill um you know when people begin to buy their own hype and think that they're really somebody and therefore they should be treated different, they're special all of a sudden. It's one thing to recognize your own self-importance and your own merit based on your contributions to the world. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people, especially in this community, and Nick Redfern bitches about this too, so good on him. Yeah, that's that's good. Hey, Charity, yeah. while, while you're here, do you got any questions for ourselves or Micah or anything that you want to you see us talk about in the future? Um, well, I was going to, you know, mention, like I said already, more about, um, like, that kind of topic with Randall Carson, Carlson and David Mastin. Um I don't know. Like, it's so late in the night, I don't know how much more I have to add to that, I've, uh, to what everybody else has been saying. You guys have covered a lot of different topics, and I like, I do like that about both Micah's show and your guys' show, that you're down-to-earth people, that you're just, like, if, you know, I'm on this conversation with you, and you don't have a problem with bringing anybody who's interested in to talk about any topic that they're interested in. I find that um, very comforting and it, it makes for good conversation and I really appreciate that. So just keep doing what you're doing actually. Thanks, Charlie. It's awesome. Yeah. You want to pick a jingle? <laughs> um, I don't know them all. Like the only one that comes to mind is either the UFO one or the spam gram. Which That's one do you guys like the best? There it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, thanks for coming on, Charity. Thank you. You guys have a good night. Okay, you too. Okay. Good night, Charity. Great to meet you. Good night. Nice to meet you all. Bye-bye.
Why don't you guys ever let me pick a damn jingle? You never have once. Okay, you could pick a jingle. Can I pick a fucking jingle, please, for once? Yeah, you bet. Pick one. Now's your chance. Actually, I'm just kidding. I always bring my own. I like China. 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 Much of the mode of unicorns. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so who else would, should we bring in here? Well, well, Mike, everybody's here. Do you want to do Zuger or yeah, go to Zuger next? Wait a minute, you guys aren't letting me go. I got to stick around for this. Shit. <coughs> it's up to you. <laughs> That's uh, Dan of Law, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, it's a hopeful open war. I uh, want well, somebody to request rambling grounds. <laughs> Battle of the Jingles over here. I love it. Battle of the Jingles. Another edition of the Grime American Goodies <laughs> by the people. Beat that, Hanks. <laughs> I think I already did since I refer to mine as sound bites. The proper generic term. I know of another program that uses the terminology jingles, and I, and I try not to copy other programs too much. But since you asked, here's one more jingle for you. And speaking of that one, though, seriously, all bullshit aside, I mean, what's up with, like, alligators just eating everybody in Florida? Have you guys seen this? No, I saw I read one. about the the uh, people finding out that the actual the Nile crocodile has been starting to to flourish in Florida. That is, you guys seen this? This is you. You know the difference, for instance, between a Nile crocodile and the American alligator is. Mm-hmm. One eats they're, people. They're, well, they're very. They're Does very he walk sim- like an Egyptian? <laughs> yeah, yes. the, the Nile crocodiles can get to between maybe two and four feet longer, and and they also are at, at times a little more aggressive. But in terms of their outward appearance, they're almost identical. And and the thing is, is that researchers have only recently realized that they are actually there, and thus are by definition an invasive species. But then we've got this massive, like fifteen foot alligator down there on this golf course, uh, the Mayaka Pines Golf Club. Is actually where it is, and if you look it up, this thing is—it's like a dinosaur. It's like literally like watching a dinosaur crawling around up there on this golf course. And then there was this story that came out just last night, talking about on a Florida golf course, they see this alligator swimming across this pond, and it's got a body—I mean, a body. It's already missing an arm and a leg. So this guy, poor guy, literally gave an arm and a leg, and still didn't get away with it. Yeah, they said that the body was in a state of decomposition that suggested the alligator hadn't killed it. It merely found it. And so I'm sure he was pissed because he didn't get to keep the thing. They had to wrestle it away from the alligator. But, I mean, shit's getting real down there on Sunshine Street. I thought yeah. that thing was fake when I saw it. Yeah, that. it does look fake. It looks like it's got and, a dragon tail there. But the not big, to mention the Burmese pythons and all of that. And I think it's official, you know. The Armageddon is starting in Florida. <laughs> well, see, Fuck that, was, man. You could tuck and take down some gators, no problem. The long-time harbinger yeah, lots of has guns been, in Florida. See, it's the skunk ape, though, man. It's, it's always been the skunk ape. And everybody's tried, oh, there's no such thing as a skunk ape. The skunk ape's actually been battling the alligator for millennia down there. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. and, and, like and, a sci-fi movie. Yeah, cave against alligator. And, and and climate change and Burmese pythons have killed out most of the skunk apes, and now the alligators are getting out of control. We don't realize the effect we're having on the environment here, people. Hey, I think uh, before I forget here, I think we got uh, Chris Zuger on the line as well. Hey, Chris? Are you there? 
No, maybe he's not there. Huh. All right, sorry right, for sorry, the interruption sorry. there, yeah. Thanks. Graham, I'm starting to think maybe it's just that I'm bad luck. No, I don't think so, Micah. Right. <laughs> it looks like a... Well, Adam Loyal just said a kid I was in ball with was killed by an alligator. Oh, my God. Apparently, everybody's been killed by an alligator. May may have been in a past <laughs> lot, but at some point, it's happened. <laughs> it's going to be the next like horror movie, Gator pretty, King. Pretty fucking terrible way to go. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good getting fucking eaten by an alligator or a shark for that matter i'm pretty good well, for getting eaten by anything first you get drowned if you are caught by an alligator yeah you know, while you're will... getting fucking eaten yeah but that happens after you die once you're in its mouth i consider that starting to be eaten no because the thing... that's correct graham it looks like he's on the other skype account by the way you betcha he's uh, on the other skype account what does that uh, mean? Oh, sorry, I'm still. I'm sorry. Both of mine are still on. Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> this is confusing. Like we're having like technology overload. Yeah, he, it's he, a uh, fucking he, can, he can hear us, uh, but we can't hear him. So we'll. Uh, oh God, that's look, gonna be well, just pipe. Head. Just pipe in, Chris. Whenever you figure out your audio, there. We're just playing with him. Do your Skype test call. There you go. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't want no, I say as soon as, as soon as you're in its mouth, it's eating you. Whether it's clamping down on you and dragging you down to drown you, you're in its mouth, its teeth are sunk into you. And you're trying to just wriggle free. It probably hurts. Yeah, like a motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, what'd you pick? Okay, Red, my, uh, shark, or you get to pick between great white shark, alligator, or a bunch of little sharks picking you apart. Who would win in a fight? Oh, shark man. versus gator. And which would you I'd rather be eaten go by? I'd with the shark. Because its teeth are so, are so much sharper. I think, it, yeah, it will be a quicker death. I think <laughs> it'll hurt. Yeah, it'll just cut right through you. <laughs> Red's going for yeah. the, the quick death. I'd, I'd yeah, rather just go with a slow death. death by dull dull teeth of a crocodile than sharp teeth of a shark. Or getting eaten by a sasquatch. And drag down to the bottom and going into a death roll so it's just like slowly tearing you apart with yeah. those dull teeth. Yeah, that's better than being like, cut apart by a shark. I would go with getting picked apart by little sharks. Like uh, open water. Like little four-footers. Yeah. Hey, Brian, I'm, I'm, we, call those, we, we call those piranhas now, by the way, and I would prefer death by a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> Can I give you a couple? Uh, I, I, think I, I think that death by a great white white shark would be far more dignified. You know, I'll say that it's like in Jurassic Park. You know, you're killed by the T Rex. I say, well, man, I mean, what could it's you a do? Fucking T Rex. You're, yeah. If you're yeah, killed by the, but you, if you're killed by the small dinosaur, you, you're a wimp. Grant, Grant <laughs> you're the wimp of, of Jurassic Park. Oh, like I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. Graham killed the T-Rex in his dream. Yeah. You need the special lubricant to throw in his mouth. Yeah, it's so a, little, it a little, like, <laughs> little ant, tiny, like, weird creature with lubricant. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay, so, Chris, Chris, are you there? Yeah, I am here. Can you hear me? Uh, really fuzzy. So you're just uh, loud. You got to turn down. Okay, how's that? A little distorted. Uh, a little better. Let's see. All right. So, yeah, I think that's better. You're with Micah and, and Red as well, and then James, Darren, and I in the studio. Oh, that's fantastic. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Congratulations on uh, going into your third year. Yeah, 
Our Thanks. third. Actually, no. It's in our fourth. Going into our fourth. We're going into our fourth year, which will be our final year. Your final. <laughs> <laughs> Contracts expiring. Yeah. Unless we get re-signed, yeah. Well, you guys got some work to do until then, I guess. Yeah, pounding the pavement. I think well, we say that every year. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, guys, it's been a fantastic, a fantastic show so far. Uh, extremely interesting, uh, especially when it comes to uh, trying to figure out uh, my mixer that I haven't been using in a couple of months. So uh, you guys got uh, everything together in about half an hour. I probably took about 10 minutes. <laughs> so I know where you're coming from completely. Yep. Well, we got, we took we took us a little longer than that. We don't. We still haven't really got it figured out. I don't think. There's still people complaining about the audio. Well, mixer. It's just mixer sucks. Yeah. I think mixer sucks. Yeah. Sorry, mixer. But or it's Micah's fucking backwards inter internet connection. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's the uh, the deliverance sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all quit picking on me. <laughs> How's your podcast coming along, Chris? Well, uh, life's been happening a little bit uh, in the last little while. I'm uh, getting married in about uh, just under two months. So, and, uh, you know, to uh, you guys who are married, if you've ever planned a wedding in the last little while, it's um, been taking up an incredible amount of my time. <laughs> and money. Just probably... let her pick everything. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you'd say that until she says, well, no, you're not doing anything, and then she gets mad, and then you actually have to do stuff. So it's not uh, not just enough to let her pick. You have to decide with her as well. That's probably Three. why I went to two engagements. No, you have to agree as soon as it came to wedding planning, I was like, <laughs> no, that, that's been happening. That's been happening. Just agree. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. It's such good taste. Happy wife, it. happy life. Yes, yeah. dear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, if you guys are in the uh, out uh, out east or uh, uh, July long weekend, if you guys have a July long weekend, you know, stop by. That'd be, uh, are, you, are you close uh, to the disclosure conference at all, or that thing that's happening in Toronto? Are you have crab cakes. Is it free, well, free liquor? <laughs> actually, you know, it's a Croatian wedding, and uh, not having an open bar is considered sacrilege. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, actually, um, we're about uh, about four or five hours out. Like Ottawa's close enough you know it's not exactly uh, uh close uh hop skip and a jump but yeah it's not too bad of a car right hmm. not bad maybe let's go you didn't say about the crab cakes <laughs> um i think we're going to be having oh crap i don't even know the menu uh would it? See, that's the problem right there you don't even know what the menu yeah. is come well, on chris have you even been paying attention <laughs> Are you going to have Croatian food? Because that stuff's delicious. Uh, it's actually, no, it's Mediterranean. We're having like a roast chicken family dinner, uh, like family style dinner. So it's all, you know, like a giant platters on the table. Everyone can take as much as they want to eat because getting plated food in front of you is so impersonal. We want people to actually talk to one another because, you know, it's part of part of a gathering. Um, I think we're having a uh, roast pig for the, uh, for the uh, late night and like... Might actually have crab cakes or something like it, possibly. So, well, if and you, you know, make it I'll crab cakes, it. I'll I'll maybe make it out. You're making Darren hungry. Yeah, I'm you know, fucking no, starving. There's yeah, fucking teriyaki know. spam all over the place. Grab I know. Some. I'm not. I'm not gonna eat oh. while I'm recording. Well, Graham, Graham, if you show up, I'll I'll make sure I can find some for you. Okay, How about that? Thanks. Why aren't you gonna use your? Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. You, you said you couldn't eat while recording. I'm gonna crack open this can of teriyaki spam here. We should try this. We've already eaten a couple cans. You have to cook it. 
No, 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 no. no. It's just right just over the it. can. Yeah, it's just very good. Just don't eat it by the mic. I could open it if you're something. You can't talk for a while after <laughs> eat it because it really gets your lips smacking and you... <laughs> I have a real fucking problem. Yeah, that's a fucking... Microphone. All we had in here was a little nose flute, so I was eating it with a nose flute. It was, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> fucking... <laughs> what? What's that nose flute? <laughs> oh, you don't know what a nose flute is, huh? <laughs> you guys have those down south, probably. Oh, yeah, man. We invented them, actually. <laughs> During the Civil War. Get me my nose flute, Billy. We're going partying with some spam. That's right. The preferred method of, of intaking that, by the way, is to blend it into a puree and then drink it. Yeah. Spam? Spam cakes. Mm -hmm. oh, spam shake. Spam shakes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. Uh, yeah. Well, fuck. I, uh... It's gonna be yeah, audio. I have a real problem with smacking and Graham. Like, he likes to chew gum in between... In between segments, and it just fucking drives me nuts. I have to <laughs> shut his mic off. When we talk at work, I'm eating half the time when we talk at work, and he just gets really mad. And he thinks it's justified now because he read somewhere that apparently smart people with high IQs are. Don't, I don't need don't to fucking like the justify it. Don't call me if you're eating, or I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just in the middle of eating when I called you. Oh, thanks. Cool. <laughs> I'm listening to you on my fucking Bluetooth stereo in my truck, just Graham eating fucking pizza. No sugar, though. <sighs> the last 45 minutes of most, you know, most shows just put that in there. See how it does. He's just like, hey, so what, uh, like, are you fucking eating, man? So are you, are you close to Bramford at all, uh, Chris? Bramford, you know what, um, Brampton? No, Bram uh, Bramford. I have, I have a few friends in Bramford. But that's east. That's out east of Toronto. Oh, is it? Or west of Toronto. Because this is uh, Friday, June 25th. Have you heard about this one, Micah? This uh, Alien Cosmic Expo? Cool. I haven't heard about this one, but I know that we're, you know, in the search presently for the next event that we can all go hijack and kind of make our own little thing. So I'm already immediately interested. <laughs> Where well, is it? Bramford's, um, uh, I'm going to say about half an hour to an hour west of Hamilton, which is on the way to Niagara Falls. So it's kind of um, on the western half of the Golden Horseshoe, quote unquote. Well, so I'd probably be looking at about a uh, seven or eight hour drive away, depending on how fast you're going for the way I drive. But uh, don't uh, don't tell my parents that. <laughs> huh. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, so there's just, it's just the whole who's who of all the disclosure people like Bassett and Paul Hellier and Nick Pope, Stanton Freeman, Richard Dolan, Grant Cameron, Victor Vigiani, um, just, in, and then there's a whole bunch of others as well. Brownford so. would be a bitch to get to. June 24th, that's like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Now the question is, can I get the time off work? Yeah. Probably not, but you know what, for Stanton Friedman, it might be worth it. <laughs> yeah, that might be <laughs> last year. <laughs> Last year, you might be able to see Paul and Stanton together. Oh, well, you know, Stanton was one of the, 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 the first UFO investigators that I can at least remember from uh, when I was a kid watching TLC or was it Annie? One, one, of, the, one of the two channels that actually had him on. And, uh, you know, that, that iconic beard, it just really made him stand out and really made him credible. Forget the fact he actually knew what he was talking about. <laughs> but, you know, it really stuck in your mind. And, uh, you know, the episode you guys did with him was probably one of the, like, I'm going to say third or fourth favorite that uh, you guys have done over the last, uh, the last few years. And like, w without a doubt, especially when delving into um, the Bobble Czar, uh, 
you know, his his history and, you know, his credibility compared to, well, you know, uh, Stan is actually, a, a you know, a scientist or Bob is questionable as far as as far as the claims are concerned. And, you know, he, uh, you know, kind of uh, really was able to cut through the, um, you know, a lot of the woo to a certain extent and was able to make it seem a lot more credible. And that's one of the things I really love about the man. So, yeah, that was great. I got I was here and I got to pick him and. <laughs> We got to interview Stan, the man. It was awesome. Yeah, that was James's first choice there, actually. That was good. Yeah, that's right. Well, have you guys uh, tried to get uh, Jacques uh, Lavallee on the uh, on the show? We could have had him a red <laughs> chicken out. What? We could have got Jacques. <laughs> yeah, no, you better call him back. No, the thing is, uh, I, let, let me jump in on that. Jacques <laughs> is very seldom ever going to do interviews any longer. I mean, even, you know, Greg Bishop had talked with him. Yeah, about but Red's like seven <laughs> feet tall. He could have just grabbed him. Just kidnapped him. Brought him up to the hotel room, but like, okay, style. everything's going to be okay. You just got to... Police just as tall as me. Everything's going to be okay, he says. I love it. <laughs> just going to sit down and talk to a couple of my friends here for a few minutes. Yeah. Throwing your just, fucking luchador yeah. mask. Yeah. Excuse me, amigo. We're going to talk about uh, UFOs for a minute. You just sit there and... Yeah. You're not in Maconia anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Well, if you him and Red Pill on the show, I would listen to it over and over and over again. Yeah, People Red, Red goes us. around and kidnaps your guests for you in, in a luchador mask. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, kind of like punked or whatever. That, that could be a different show. Yeah, <laughs> hijacked. You just fucking throw a sack over your head. Talk about aliens on Periscope. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you know. <laughs> Talk about Skinwalker Ranch. Black like we're fucking, but we're all black in a black SUV. Yeah. I, I want Red to go try and kidnap Chuck Norris. <laughs> Before he roundhouse kicks somebody into the sun. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So if Stanton was in your favor, who was your favor? Well, uh, Randall, obviously. Oh, yeah. The John Anthony West show was, was fantastic. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, one of I'm going to say probably for the weirdest reason, uh, Lynn Caston is a journey, a secret journey to Planet Serpo. That episode, uh, it was awesome for the simple fact that it sounded like you were talking to him while he was in a food court somewhere. Oh. And I thought that was <laughs> well, he was in a food court on Serpo. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get the hint at the end when we said uh, we're loving. He was it. in a McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, unlimited U.S. and uh, Canada calling is probably not included in that, I'm guessing. No, McDonald's has free Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, Lynn, I was, I was uh, remarkably impressed with Lynn when I interviewed him on the Grayley in a while back. Um, He's really abrasive. Yeah, actually, I, I was just kidding. I wasn't impressed with him at all. <laughs> You know, uh, and and not to just rail on the guy, but here's the funny thing. If I if I can just very briefly tell this, I called him before. I never do this with guests. Usually, if I book a guest, I tell him, "Here's the time I'm going to call you. If it's going to be live, I may call you five minutes beforehand. We'll check and everything. Make sure that the connection is good. Have a backup line ready so that I can call you on the hybrid if we need to do that and do a phone line thing rather than Skype. Um, very seldom, if they can't do live, you know, I'll book it and I'll do the interview at their leisure. Well, Lim was, first of all, his publishers were really persistent with me and everything, and I really didn't want to get the guy on the show. I've never told this story before because, you know, well, I mean, it's kind of funny and slightly embarrassing, not so much for me, I guess, but uh, 
but yeah, I, I didn't really want to have him on the show because I didn't think that his book or his theories held any water whatsoever. And anybody who actually, you know, like reads the book will see that. And so I, I wanted to do him credit and not actually have to have him on the show because if I did, I knew I'd have to ask hard questions as, you know, pretty much everybody who's ever interviewed him has done. Except for us. <laughs> well, you know, and funny enough, though, he was actually the former head of the American uh, um, Philosophical Society. I mean, he had some interesting background. So I, I called him beforehand and said, I want you to have heads up. I want you to have foreknowledge. I'm going to ask some very skeptical questions tonight. I, you know, I'm not just going to say, tell us what it was like, you know, when they went to planet Serpo. Was Barack Obama one of these little missionaries that went to this other planet? And, you know, I thought the whole story was junk. And Greg Bishop actually had written an article about this years ago that had kind of talked about some of this. And so I actually contacted Greg beforehand and said, Greg, you know, what kind of questions would you ask about this? And Greg, you know, gave me some some information. And so I, I was, as I always am, I was nice. And... um I asked those questions, and uh, yeah, like you said, he was very abrasive. I, I remember his response at one point was just to one of my questions, Micah, did you read the book? I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I read half of it. I mean, you know, you sent it to me two days ago, and I mean, like, you know, I, I've read some of it, but I mean, I'm very familiar with this this alleged story, but answer the question. And, it, and he kept kind of doing this thing. If people want to understand, they need to read the book. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't come on the show... And tell people, go buy my book. I mean, that's what people hope that, you know, as, as an author that, that we, people will do. I'm like, if we ask you the questions, you don't come on the show and every response is just go read the book. The answers are there. No, do you know or can you answer these questions or not? And he was so pissed off by the end of the interview. This is the only time I've ever had anybody that pissed off during an interview. That By the end, uh, I actually just switched the conversation around completely to the American Philosophical Society and asked him some questions about philosophy. And you can tell, tell he was so addled that he didn't even want to really answer those questions. And I let him go. We're still live on the air, and he calls my cell phone wanting to talk to me off the air, and I'm like, I'm still on the air, you know? <laughs> so I just didn't answer the phone. I didn't answer the phone call, and, he, and I never heard from him again, but yeah, that was a very unfortunate uh, interview. Now, now I didn't hear the one where he was on Grimerica. Did you guys, did your interview with him go anything like that? Yeah, the intro is a little lowbrow, I think. Kind of want to be read the book, actually. I, I think that was the Mike Hunt or something like that. Or What's Mike Cock. Mike Cock. <laughs> That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah. Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. Yeah. David, David Wilcock. Yeah, that was a good intro. That was yeah. one of the funniest intros ever. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, like Graham was like kind of even trying to agree with him, and he's like, still fucking didn't want to take it. He was just fucking mean, angry. Yeah, he's, he's angry. Yeah, he was he was so used to everybody hating on him and his theories. But this is the sad truth. I mean, when you just write a book that is basically just BS, um, you know, he he actually said to me at one point during the interview that all of the information from the book came from a discussion that he'd had in a hotel lobby with somebody. I'm like, well, you know, it really kind of shows in your work. And uh, and I've had some goofy people on the show before. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily goofy. I'm just saying that the 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 narrative in that book uh, did not hold water. And uh, I, I haven't heard really hardly an interview. I mean, there I'm sure there are some interviews somewhere out there that were just like, oh, this is the best book since sliced bread. But I mean, the shows that I follow uh, in you know in this community, I mean, nobody seemed to really, I guess, give him the treatment he expected. Which I mean, how could you with a story like that? You know, I mean, I know Graham agreed with him on all points, but I'm just kidding, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, that, that's kind of the biggest, um, like the biggest thing for me. Like, I, I wanted to get into podcasting, um, like especially after I listened to Grow America for a good year and a half. And uh, when I finally bought my house, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to actually do this for one, because I love talking to people. Two, I love learning new shit. Uh, and just this, uh, you know, this realm of... Hello? Hello? Oh. We lose everybody? No. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Where did you go? We just lost I don't it. know, but it's just weird how stuff was dropping in the studio at the same time. Are you still there, oh. Chris? What dropped in the studio? You want to rate that synchro? Two. You know, I can try and remote viewing back in. This sometimes works, actually. <laughs> hang on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this just hang on. What am this, I holding my hand then, Micah? No, this takes. We this have takes, a live video stream. That's pretty easy. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was down. Hang on. Okay, I got to focus. Chris. Chris, can you can you hear me? Chris, this is Mike. He's gone. We lost him. Oh, he says he's here. He's there. So Chris, I'm not sure what happens. It's working. I'm trying to concentrate you, Jack. Red, are you still here? <laughs> Chris, come back. If you can hear me, come to the light. Don't go to the light. Come back. Okay. Oh, there he is. Oh. I think it's it's just a, it might be a loose cable. <laughs> My God, you guys have no idea how hard that is to do. Thank <laughs> me later. That was God, like. Did you guys set that up or what? <laughs> the fucking carnival act. Whoa. Yeah, you got a faulty cable of ego. Yeah, it's, it's a possibility. It's uh, you know, it's this this 2011 technology for one of my computers. It, it's not exactly the greatest, but it works. Um, you should have a raffle. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I need to get a pod my podcast going first. Well, you've got an interview at least. Well, you know, I would have been recording this, but I was just so excited to finally, uh, you know, finally be on uh, uh, the air with Micah because it's. You know, everything he's been saying has just been absolutely fantastic, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to be able to know that I'm not the only one who's noticing kind of a, a lot of the, I'm not going to say bullshit, but bullshit with what we uh, with what we're interested about. Um, you know, the the idea of going on to a podcast and yeah, kind of it's an opportunity for people to sell books, and especially if they write a lot of them, and especially if it's that that's how they make their money, but. Uh, you know, for guys like us, we do this because we actually uh, are interested in finding out stuff and, and learning and expanding our experience and our perception of the world around us. And when somebody is just saying, okay, well, read the book because I'm trying to sell it, that kind of turns me off from actually wanting to hear what the person has to say. So, um, you know, I've, I've, there's so there's certain shows out there that are, that are kind of like that, and with with Grow America, but at least I know that uh, you know you guys are you know interested to at least know what that person's perspective is and kind of grow from it. Amen. By the way, yeah, I mean seriously, because that, that's something I love about Grow America. You know, when when I met you dudes for the first time way back in in uh, gosh, it was I guess 2012 at the first Paradigm Symposium. Uh, you know, it, it was evident to me that we all were, we're all very much of like mind as it is that uh, Chris is here just as well. You know, podcasts are great, and they offer a lot of cool ways for people to interact. But the thing is, 
it's kind of become like this weird little marketing thing where everyone who has a book out goes and promotes their book. I mean, you know, I remember back in the day with Art Bell, he routinely had guests on Coast to Coast that weren't just, you know, promoting a new book. And I'm not saying that Coast to Coast does anything different now. I mean, there are a lot of people who don't like, for instance, a great example, uh, you know, when we go to the uh, National UFO Reporting Center with Peter Davenport, you know, he hasn't got a book he's promoting. He is a guy who has been very selflessly running a UFO reporting hotline all hours of the night and day for, like, years. And he goes on and he he gives, I think, uh, you know, what is very good data sometimes about uh, the, 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 the breaking UFO phenomena. And you know, after a certain point, I kind of stopped having a lot of guests on my show. And it's funny because there are a few jerks out there who will kind of comment on, well, Mikey, you know, it's great. We'd like to hear somebody other than you talking all the time, but I think about all the other great podcasts like No Agenda that they don't have guests either. The reason why is because there are plenty of podcasts that that regurgitate everybody else who's, you know, going around making the rounds. And so a cool thing about Gramerica is that I, every time I come on this show and you guys do one of these things, you have people on and who are partic- uh, participating in the conversation like Christina earlier, uh, you know, and, and really like Chris here too who aren't the typical voices you hear on all the other podcasts. You know, with you guys, it's not like this game of, oh, let's try and be the first ones to get all the big ancient alien stars or somebody that, frankly, I think all the podcast listeners are sick of having to hear. Let's do something different. My my solution was different from Grimerica in the sense that I say, fuck it, I'm not going to have guests at all for a while. I'm going to really just focus on, unless it's like breaking news and I can get somebody who's really weird and off the cuff and really relevant to the conversation, I'll do most of my shows like a news show on my own. And, dude, I'm telling you, the response to that has been overwhelmingly good. There are going to be some naysayers. There are always going to be squeaky wheels. But, you know, that's the cool thing about this medium is that people can bitch as much as they want to, but when you're doing something new and really unique, you know, it shows. And and, and, and that's what I love about uh, Graham and, and, and Grimes. And, uh, Chris, when you when you do decide to toss your hat into the rings in, in the proverbial sense or in the literal sense, because uh, we all have something unique we can project into this and present through this audio medium. Yeah, the good thing about it is we don't really have to to do anything we don't want to do. So I, I like to tr- I do like to try and find people that haven't done the whole circuit though, like just but that are that are researching interesting topics or like you know we had that guy Dale Pond out from the the um, geez now I'm going to forget the Resonance Institute or the what was that he was from again the frequency and resonance guy and and like just stuff like that where you know he's not it's not like he's been on a lot of podcasts but he's been doing great research on keely's stuff and all this type of different uh energies which is it's fascinating shit i like the nasa girl that you had on the other day yeah that, that was, was cool. fantastic yeah, yeah emily pond science institute pond science institute yeah. sympathetic sympathetic resonance. yeah sympathetic well what's really cool for for her show, uh, the uh, her website that she had mentioned, uh, the podcast that they have, a lot of it is just um, uh, like interviews or you know it's part of symposiums. They, there was one that I was listening to, which were the the people from SETI, um, you know, basically explaining what they do and how they got into trying to find um, uh, life out there in, in uh, the great beyond. And you know, I, I drive a lot for my job. And for the, the the two to three four hours that I can spend in the car, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to kind of. You know, learn something and uh, get that. Uh, you know, have you know, just kind of have that interesting uh, that voice in uh, in the speakers. But, but having a, a podcast, it, the beautiful part is it does give you that freedom and kind of uh, that exchange of ideas. It's just it's just a matter of time. So once once I can actually 
uh, not be building a wedding website and actually start building a podcast website, then I can actually get it done. So <laughs> probably expect it in August, September when I come back from Nova Scotia for my uh, honeymoon. And you going to Nova Scotia for your honeymoon? Oh, nice. hell yeah. Hmm. Are you going to get lobster? That was actually, <laughs> yes, sir. Synchronicity, that's exactly what I was about to say. Perfect. Four, three. Four point six. <laughs> I gave it a three. <laughs> well, it's still, it's still not as good as the uh, the ten that I had when we first uh, we first talked that first time. A ten? Yeah. Well, we you you guys were going to add me, and there was another um, account that was like grime. It, it was grime something. Uh, that had just added me to uh, to Skype, and I'd literally made the account about ten minutes before. So, uh, you guys were the only ones on on the account at that time, and somebody just added me out of the blue within about five minutes. And I thought it was you guys. And I gave you a ten. I don't know. We got we got somebody I else calling here, Darren. Oh, take them in. Yeah, answer. Where's those fortune? Cookies? Who's calling, please? I ate them all. Hi, hi. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Oh, good. This is Carol. Navina. Hey, Carol. How's it going? Oh, very good. How are you? Good. How's uh, Texas? Hot? <laughs> or flooded? No, it's wet. Wet. Yes. Yeah. We're drowning. And all the varmints are coming up from the creek. So we have like raccoons and possums and snakes. and. What things. defines a varmint? Uh, a creature that you're not paying to own and feed. Perfect. There was a giant, giant freaking snake in the gutter uh, outside my house. A I don't snake? know if you saw me. Yeah, yeah, giant snake, like a rat snake. It was huge. It's like Sher, uh, no, not Sher Khan. What was the boa's name? Ka. Ka. Nagini, you know, Nagini's living in my attic. Is there crocodiles in Texas or alligators? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> hey. Are you guys still there? Yeah. Uh. Hello. Hello. Am I connected? Hello. Hey, Adam. Hey, how's it Did going? Did you hang up on Carol? Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah, I really I'm keep learning how to use Skype. No, no, no. This is this is <laughs> this, this, this isn't <laughs> standard Skype. This is advanced I, Skype. I, yeah, that's Skype my, advanced uh, classes. Yeah, so sorry, I think it was uh, put on hold, so I actually switched uh, the mixer back to the other channel, which I'm uh, running from my phone from uh, Periscope. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm going to have to bail out because Don't do it. I have to wake up really early tomorrow. You, you think about that kidnapping <laughs> idea, Red. I think it is. Yeah, don't rule it idea. out. Yeah, I will. I will sleep on it. Get back to me in the morning. Yeah. So, so guys, keep um, uh, celebrating the third anniversary of Grime America, and I'll talk to you guys in the future. Red, thanks, Red. Mm -hmm. Red, don't forget it's the third and final anniversary of Grime America, according to Grimes. Yes, yeah. Who, yeah. Because who will <laughs> listen to this shit for another four years? Exactly. exactly. Well, you got a new computer now. It's going to be good for like ten years. We're running out of steam. <laughs> okay, guys, take care. Ciao, Red. Bye, See you, buddy. Hey. Is everybody Bye. else still here? I'm, I'm still here. I'm just uh, raising a glass of scotch as uh, as is customary of uh, my people. So. Wait, is that what we do? 
Do you? Well, I, I was scotch on the show. Where? That was that was put a, 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 a I'm not drinking any scotch. <laughs> you just fixed the Higley from the last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time I drink scotch, the igloo gets wrecked up. Graham's posters get torn down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, that sense. was me last time by accident. His poster gets torn down and his close encounters thing gets smashed up. Okay, I, got, feel, I feel terrible here. I can't, I can't get Nuvina back because I, I somehow accepted her contact request, but when she called, then I couldn't add her to the group call. And when I tried to answer it, it, it got rid of the group call. So you can't know, you I'm, just I'm, dial her up? No, because I don't have, it's not showing up now. It's the same thing that happened to you before. It's not unlike the recent. No, it's not. You, how come I'm not doing that for you? I don't know. I don't know. I get paid to do that during the day. I've been wondering uh, <laughs> to do what computer stuff, right? That's like I, I think don't, I don't tell a... you how to do the steel oh. stuff. <laughs> somebody, somebody needs to see. There you go. All I have to do is say her name, and she comes in. Hey, there you go. You did it again, Micah. Thanks for remote viewed her in. Oh, see, Micah to save the day. Well, you know what's funny? So he, he's gonna have to have his one nine hundred phone number, like Cleo or whatever, pretty soon. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's it's the funny thing is, is that first it was the doctor. Now that the, the latest thing is, everybody's like, Mikey, you know, you look just like uh, James McAvoy uh, portraying Professor X in the X Men films. It's like these posts everybody's putting up about Micah, dude. You look just like him. Which, I mean, I don't think if you look like somebody, you if you're that per, if you're yourself. <laughs> or that person, you can never tell if you really look like somebody else. Who do you look so, like? Everybody says I look like the actor James McAvoy. It's true. Boy. It's, it's, it's true? Is it true, Carol? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the eyebrow. <laughs> it's the eyebrow. <laughs> I have two of them, you know. Mm, yeah, but only one of them does that thing. No, I think with me, you'll end up with only that one. That thing that drives the ladies <laughs> wild. <laughs> the magic eyebrow. <laughs> Magic eyebrow drives the ladies wild. It'll take bottle caps off too. Well, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Darren's creeping. <laughs> Google for pictures of Micah right now. Mysterious, you know, kind of thinking hand with the, the the universe kind of swirling behind him, and I, I think it's just fantastic. Love the suit. I don't think so. I don't. Think I don't it, see it. No. Well, I, I restarted it. I don't. I don't well, we're looking at we're going back and forth between pictures of James McAvoy and Micah. No. Some people say I look like Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, you do. You should wear the hat. Yeah. See a little bit. There's a little of that. Yeah, what does just Graham don't... look like? He looks like a hobbit, like Frodo. <laughs> 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 he looks like Frodo. I, I, I should grab the GoPro and show everybody his short shorts today. He just too ready to have his little hobbit feet with him. But hobbits have big feet. Did you keep them? No, what do you mean? I just glued my cat's hair to my feet to make hobbit feet. That's what I did. Oh, but he's got some pretty badass calves, though. Yeah. Like hobbit calves. Calves of a <laughs> dragon. That's what makes it, calves. They make them look shorter because his calves are big. <laughs> those runner legs. <laughs> his calves look like they're like two half grapefruits stuffed <clears throat> under his skin. We all man, you, guys, you got a lot. Of, you got a lot of pictures on here, Micah. Now, what are you looking at? <laughs> oh, there's pictures a, of Micah too. Yeah, look at this one. He's yeah. casting a spell on. Oh you. yeah, look at that. <laughs> you're casting a spell on this one. Like a yeah, I can do a lot of unique <laughs> things. Did somebody say Giorgio? Giorgio's in there right beside you for some reason. When we look you up, 
Giorgio comes up. Yeah, I guess he's just somebody that I used to know, right? Mm. Let's get good uh, here. I think I found a photo of Micah with a red bow tie. That's right, yeah. Kind he's doing like, like the Bill Nye thing with his hands out. Everybody post your favorite photo of Micah <laughs> on the Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We should make a calendar. Maybe I'll bring back the bow tie. Nobody does bow ties. Oh, yeah, Bill Nye does. That's, that reminds me why I stopped doing it. <laughs> Bill Nye, the climate denier. Did you actually tie those, or did you just have the clip-on one? Oh, I guarantee you I always tie my own ties. Even, do you know how to do that? I, I fucking, every time I do it, I have to watch the YouTube video yeah, again. I love yeah. YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's funny <laughs> because I get all these crazy Doctor Who-themed gifts. People... That's that's what fans love to do is like like for instance in the last month, I've received a book on Doctor Who and communism from my friend Shannon in the UK. Uh, one of our American-based listeners um, sent along a Doctor Who, uh, well Dalek I should say, uh, uh, luggage kit, and there was a there was a bow tie in there, and then also one of my friends uh, two hours away in Highlands where my band plays. Uh, gave me a 12th Doctor Sonic screwdriver. And and it's funny because people just follow me around like pelting me with Doctor Who gifts. And you guys know the story about this. At the first Paradigm Symposium, I, I mean, I had no idea what Doctor... I, I kind of knew what Doctor Who was, but I'd never watched it. So I was really still in the dark. I knew it was like a British TV show. Never had watched it. And at that first Paradigm Symposium, people were just like, dude, you know, you are the Doctor. And I'm like... I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the doctor over there. I pointed. Uh, what was that guy's name? John uh, McAvoy. You know, maybe yeah, he was the one. I don't know. Uh, I thought David, David Tennant, Matt Smith. What? Say what? Was it Matt Smith? Well, Matt Smith had the bow tie. David Tennant had the shoes. Oh yeah, yeah the shoes bring cool. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, but it's kind of funny because I mean, I think in the broader sense of things, it has nothing to do with Doctor Who. It all has to do with the weird little things that become a part of your reality. Mm-hmm. And, and then the weird little things that become a part of like your identity along the, the path toward discovering who you are. I'm not trying to say I'm secretly, you know, a huge Doctor Who fan or something. I'm saying just that he sleeps in a blue phone booth at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the question is, is when, when a, a meme or a trope or something like this kind of invades your your reality and your friends are constantly, I mean, it's like on Twitter and Facebook, people are like, doctor, good good evening, dear doctor. I mean, people, people call me that. Uh, rather than becoming a Whovian, I go, well, who is the doctor? What did he aim to do? And what is that? How is that like what I try to do? Carol and I talked about this quite a bit up in Minneapolis a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think I'm you know, hung up on her. No, oh. I'm here. Oh, okay. This is my girl. You made the cut. <laughs> yeah, she did the cut. But the long story short, though, is that, I mean, it's, it's. I think, again, I like to quote uh, Bruce Lee, this, this quote he had, the process of becoming, in the sense that in life, um, in very strange ways, I think, and sometimes in very synchronistic ways, if we want to prescribe to the kind of Jungian archetypes, um, we find ourselves through influence and through interactions that we have with other people, and sometimes... Uh, it's in very novel and unique ways that we have come to understand new aspects of ourselves. For me, uh, a minimal interest in Doctor Who as a result of people kind of forcing that meme and that trope on me huh. has actually pushed me more toward hermeticism, more toward ancient mysteries, and more toward, I think, a study of the sciences, um, which in a funny way I think has kind of rounded me out in a very realistic way 
uh, in terms of my interest in who I am yet to become, a person who tries to bring more science and more skepticism and more credibility to the kind of research that we do. Like, again, I know I've talked about him a lot tonight, but uh, Randall Carlson is just one of the best examples of that. So, you know, it's interesting to me how these things kind of influence us in the broader scope of things. Well, yeah, I definitely have to agree with that because uh, one, one of the uh, biggest things in my life that kind of changed course from where I was headed. Uh, in my early 20s, I worked a lot of retail. I sold big screen TVs and I was into the whole, uh, you know, fast lifestyle of, of that, um, you know, as far as high-end audio sales, retail can, can be considered the fast life. Um, but uh, I, I was in a long-term relationship and you know that that relationship was was very intense, and it was probably the first time I can actually say that I was you know in love with somebody. And when it ended, it ended so abruptly and so um, so surprisingly that it just kind of shook me right to my core and made me reevaluate every single aspect of myself and who I was, what it what it was I believed, and and the interactions between individuals as far as you know. And at that time, maybe I was just kind of. Uh, compens- uh, not compensating, but uh, trying to deal with the grief. But still, I, I kind of turned inside and reflected on myself. And um, it was um, that that moment, or at least that situation, which kind of drove me towards, uh, you know, the career that I'm currently in right now and, and deciding to go back to college and, and pursue the, the thing that I found what I was most passionate about and also push me towards trying to improve myself, which brought me to Freemasonry. And, uh, you know, those those two things I would not have done if I had not gone through the most difficult and trying time of my life. And be, directly because of that situation and having to deal with that, I was able to bring myself now to where I am, well, you know, goodness, eight years later. And I'm in a, in a position in my life where I'm, I can honestly say, you know, there, there are things that I you know, could could do with. There are nice things that you could buy, but in terms of uh, the relationships that I have, the uh, you know, the, the where I am and what I'm able to do on a day to day basis, and you know, get get that satisfaction and enjoyment out of, uh, you know, I wouldn't have had that if I didn't have that that experience, that that you know, that that trying time that I was able to overcome, and instead of. Um, trying to frame myself as okay well i'm somebody who had xyz happen to me i'm just somebody who's you know being and is happy with it with with the sphere that he has and the planets that he has kind of revolving around him on a day-to-day basis and you know you don't necessarily you know you want to be able to achieve things but you don't want needlessly and you know that's kind of one of the the interesting things that can happen just at a very very small interaction with somebody and it's probably one of the reasons why I love advertising so much and why I love how what makes people tick because these these types of things we don't necessarily kind of realize and, and the complexity of it and how many forks one point in time can actually yeah. so you know you, you could sit there and say well I could somebody have a party yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Is that scotch? Does somebody uh, make me another, um, like, um, fireball? Yeah, I'll make you a drink. Yeah. Okay, thank you. She's not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, but that is that is awesome. There you go, Chris. Well, that's that's I don't know. I find that interesting. 
the uh, yeah, self-reflection. I don't know where to go from there, but uh, the fireball thing kind of makes me want to have a drink. So <laughs> there you go. There you have it. I had a shot of fireball last night. Well, do you want to pick a jingle? I would. Um... Rambling Grim. Nobody's picked Rambling Grim. That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the interests of uh, staying on your good side, I will go with Rambling Grim. So cool. They can do that and just be, you know what I mean? Can I sing along? I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. I love that one. That's like the best. to be stuck in my head all week now, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> a rambling gram. Oh, yeah. That's, that's gold. Thanks for coming on, Chris. You know what? Anytime, guys. Thank you very much. And Mike, it was an absolutely fantastic time talking with you. Hey, brother. My pleasure. Look, dude, get in touch with me. Info at MikeHanks.com. Would you? Just email me and just stay in touch, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll do. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hook, hook up with you on Twitter. No, that's that's good too. At Micah Hanks, I've got. I'm following you already on Grayley, but at Micah Hanks on Twitter is my uh, personal account. Follow me on that one and let's uh, get in touch, okay? Follow you on that one as well. Okay, see you, Chris. Thank okay. you, brother. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Good night. See ya. All right, right on. So, uh, Micah, you can hang around if you want. Uh, Adam's there, right? Still and. Um... Nuvi as well? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm still here. Okay, cool. Well, now we've got the whole gang here, so why would I leave now? Oh, I get it. That was a hint, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. He's Graham's got real good jingles. Yeah. I love this one. Beat this one. I should make, like, some jingles. Oh, Fire Acapella, Micah. Yeah, you and Caleb should like do some jingles. Yeah, yeah, we could do some. I could do the help with some damn jingles. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I sing like uh, like Led Zeppelin stuff, you know, with the pens, uh... so you could be like Ram it on. Grambling on, grambling on. I'm a grambling man. Grambling, gram, yeah. Gramble on, gramble on. I don't think. I don't think. Okay, yeah, we're making ramble on a jingle for Gram. I, that's one of my favorite songs to sing, Ramble on. And going to California, too. You sing lots of songs, actually, when you came to my show last time. I was quite surprised. Oh, yeah. You're rocking it. right out. You got to get... You got to get... Sing along right now. Yeah, you got to get Graham down uh, the symposium when you guys are jamming. He'll, he'll no, sing. no, 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 no. He I says can't. no now, but I've seen it firsthand. We'll just get him all jacked up on Starbucks. Graham, if I can <laughs> say. Starbucks. Oh, well, everybody will sing. What? Are we on? Are we uh, on your speakerphone in your house, there? Uh, maybe? Here? We can hear like the whole world down there. In There's Texas. like a house party yeah. we're missing. Yeah. Here, guys, no, let's go to California. 
<laughs> you ready? Here yeah. we go. I'll get some music. I got it already. Oh, you know, I always have music. Okay, now somebody has to sing along. I'm going I'm to count you down. Okay, here we go. Two, three, four. Not everybody all at once. Smoke, Smoke my stuff, stuff and drink. Oh, my wine. <laughs> I don't know the words. Let's go on to California. See, are we recording this? Get on Periscope no, and you can no, see no, no. Graham sing live. No, I'm not saying Yes, we no, all want to see him. Look at him, he's all blushing. They can head further south. <laughs> Isn't it San Francisco? Carol. Yes. It's cutting out there. Uh, Carol, it's a real party down there in Tejas tonight, isn't it? It kind of is. What is can I can I just make you a, a mixed drink, like a really good mixed Sure, drink? go ahead. <laughs> well, I want one. Can you mix it a bunch of actually could I get one too? <laughs> Yes, get Adam one, please. Get get Adam Loyal a mixed drink right now. We should order Caesars. They won't know what that is. Do you guys know what a Caesar is? What is a Caesar? <laughs> it's like a Bloody Mary. But it's Clamato oh. juice. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Caesar's, it's, it's like a Bloody Mary with uh, tequila, right? No, it's vodka, Clamato juice, uh, Worcestershire sauce, and... Um, what would you say? What did you call it? And salad. And salad. No, not that. The word Worcestershire. It's Worcestershire from the town of Worcester. 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 Isn't it Worcester? No. Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. I'll goggle that right now. You goggle it? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, it's like Lee NASA. Chester. Check the NASA website. It's called Worcestershire, but it's spelled, Nuclear? It's pronounced Worcestershire. It's from the town of Worcester. Yeah. Worcestershire. No, it's Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. It's Worcester. Wait, hold on. Carol, can you, uh, Carol, can you, uh, call me a Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> call me a Worcester. Carol, do you have, uh, do you have, uh, earbuds you can throw in and, and turn your mic, uh, mic, your internal mic off? Or kick everybody getting, out of your it's house? It's getting really loud it's down there. out the other guys. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, you can hear it, the... Yeah, it's, we can hear... <laughs> we, can, we can hear your neighbors next to banging. Let me see what I can do. Maybe I better just hang up. Y'all are awesome. Okay, thank, huh? thanks for, yeah, thanks thanks for, for coming in, newbie. Yeah, yeah. talk to you later, Carol. All right, see you later. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. That's a girl right there. That was, like a, that was like a paradigm reunion right there. Yeah, that was a party. Well, it was. That's what I was hoping to do. I feel like we're missing out on something over down in Texas. I see the thing Snakes. Yeah. snakes. I'm yeah, not a fireball. big fucking snake fan. So, guys, we're going to bring one more uh, friend of ours on here, and I think that'll be it uh, as far as like having to add people in here. And then we can uh, keep going if we want. Last person. Yeah, Graham hangs up on anybody. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. You hung up on Red yeah, Pill Junkie. We didn't even get to everybody tonight. <clears throat> so, a couple it's crazy, people. eh? Yeah. Hello, guys. Hey, Margaret. How you doing? Hey, I'm really good. How are you? Not bad. Thanks for your patience. We got a whole shitload of people here. We got Darren and James in the studio, as well as Micah and Adam, longtime no problem, friends guys. of the show. So we met <laughs> no Margaret. Uh, a great show. Yeah, thanks. We met Margaret uh, a couple of weeks ago, going up to this meetup in Red Deer. So it was uh, it was great to meet you. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was awesome meeting you guys. Good to meet some awake people for a change. <laughs> I was skydiving that day. I should have gone and hung out with you guys. Hey, should have. You should have next time. Was it good? That was good. I've been skydiving. Oh, really? Yeah, I went free falling for 45 seconds. These guys are coming skydiving with me, and we're going to do a, like, a live stream of it. Oh, that'll be fun. Can I, put, yeah. can I just put my phone in my pocket and jump out of a plane? You want a parachute, though? Yeah, probably die. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be okay. I'll roll it. Just pray for the great falcon to come swoop. No, you gotta roll it. <laughs> when you hit when you hit the ground, you gotta like run and kind of twist. Go and for the swamp. Go into a roll. Tuck and roll. Yeah, tuck and roll. It's called PLF. You're gonna roll a long fucking way. <laughs> you can hit a hill. <laughs> I, I was just filling. I was just at this part of my form. I had to fill out for uh, long, long-term disability insurance. Are you and, disabled? Uh, and they ask you if if you do anything like parachuting, shooting, or heli skiing, or if you plan on doing it. I'm going to do a lie, and then just go. Yeah. You said yes. No. Well, I haven't finished the form. Yet. I need to lie. Wait, wait. <laughs> Have you planned on doing it? Because you could plan not to and replan. I know that's the thing. It says, do you plan go. on doing it? And I actually am planning on doing both. Like at one point, I want to heli ski. And no, now you fucked yourself. You said it on the air. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bleep that <laughs> shit. Aaron, what time is it on there? Make a mark. So, Margaret, would you go again? Um, it was an interesting experience. I actually was supposed to go by myself, just jumping. Like basically, they pull it the cord for you and you jump. Yeah, I did not do that. I was so scared. I freaked out. So they convinced me to go tandem. So I went with an instructor, and we were like strapped together, and that's why I got to free fall. Right up to up, you went way so, higher than yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever go by myself. No way. But uh, tandem, of course. Did what you do that experience. in Innisfail? I did, yeah. It yeah. was Spicer, yeah, Innisfil, yeah. Oh, we're, yeah, we're taking these guys to Innisfil. That's where I skydive. Cool, cool. Yeah, you should come out, check it out, see their before and after faces. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Micah, there's you could come and visit in the summertime, and we'll go skydiving. We could do it, although I'm afraid of heights, as I found out in the Eureka Springs recently. We'll just blindfold <laughs> just or it's scary. We'll blindfold you and we'll, we won't pull it off till we'll blindfold you. We put on some blindfolds and those like big over the ear fucking earmuffs so that you can't hear nothing, you can't see nothing. That's a good way to. to we'll to, strap you in and we'll just pull that shit off as we're kicking you yeah, out of the pull plane. Pull the blindfold off as he falls out of the plane. Surprise, my God. <laughs> in other words, Darren will pick you up at the airport on his private little plane and then you'll get a potato bag shoved over your head. It's kind of like what they did to Mr. T and the A-Team. RPG does the hijack. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. If, I could ha if I could count how many times I've had that happen already, I mean, seriously. Why would I want it to happen again? Does this really have to just like be a, a continual trope in my life? I thought you were saying you were trying to figure out the path in, your path in life and discover new things. So this is one of those things that you should do. Learn how to fly. Well, we need RPG for that. Conquer your fears. Mike, are you really afraid of flying? <laughs> Second favorite jingle. That's my ring. Mike, Mike, are you really afraid ice. of flying? Or I mean, afraid, I'm afraid of heights? Afraid of flying at all? I'm afraid I'm, of I'm heights? Or? I, I'm a frequent flyer, and I'm not afraid of flying in the least. No heights, though. Heights, on the other hand, it just depends on the circumstance. I can go up in a tall building, um, but you know, I was in Eureka Springs with Kim and Kyle of Expanded Perspectives uh, last uh, no two months ago. 
And there was this great big uh, former uh, fire tower that had been used by the National Park Service. And I saw this thing. You could see it from anywhere in town. I mean, it went way up. It was on like the in, on the town square, way up at the highest point there in Eureka Springs. And I, every time we'd drive around, I'd see it. And I was like, guys, let's go up. Come on, let's go up in that. Let's go up in that. And so Cam and Kyle finally indulged my fascination and take me over there. And I know I'm... You know, I, again, when you're walking up this rickety old thing with like broken wooden board, you know, planks for steps, and there's, you know, the little the little staircases. I mean, they're 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 barely enough to keep you from falling over the edge. I mean, they only went maybe like two and a half, three feet up. I mean, so you could easily topple right off the edge. Yeah, in in those circumstances, when the wind is blowing barely, and yet you feel the entire tower moving. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. And so, it, it had been my brilliant little red assed idea to go up inside this thing. And to climb up there and see Eureka Springs from a new altitude. And and Cam and Kyle, they stomp their asses right up to the top and everything. They're laughing. They're like, look at Michael. What's he doing down there? And I'm like, oh, guys, just give me some time. I just need a little extra time. But I did. I made my way all the way up to the top. I made the obligatory green-faced selfie <laughs> with them. And then we walked back down. And I'm like, guys, seriously, watch your step. We could all die. If one of you guys gets cocky or penisy or whatever they call it anymore... You know, we, we, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be like it's gonna I be like penisy around me, man. Yeah. Watch out, penisy. But I mean, it, it, it was a real so, penis head. So in those peckerhead, we call them down here. But uh, it, it, in those circumstances, yeah, I'm scared to death of heights. But I can fly. I can go up in buildings. You know, it just depends. But it was my idea again. So I'm all. I am. I am always trying to push my own personal horizons and boundaries. And so yeah, I would. I'm sure I would skydive, but I would be absolutely fucking terrified. How about you, James? Oh, that's like, the whole point. How about you, James? <laughs> You're going to be scared. How about, how about, have you ever jumped off a fire tower? Uh, well, right beside one, yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, is this a trick question? No, James is a base jumper. Yeah, and I teach skydiving. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Well, there you go. See, there you go. I like heights, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. Likes, yeah. I like those pictures that you sent me the yeah. other day. That's from the very tippy top of Brookfield. They're at the top now. It's like 800 feet high. Yeah. I could jump off that. Yeah, you absolutely could. Yeah. We'll do it during work. We'll just go out there Let's in the hard go. hats and we'll just... Good thing we'll I had my on safety parachute on. I'll throw on my A-team ringtone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fucking jump off. No, no, no. You're not base jumping yet. You have to do skydive first. Oh. Graham, are you ready for the uh, the I'll accident report at work where Darren <laughs> gets injured while base jumping? Yeah, yeah exactly. Darren just goes <laughs> crashing back into the building. Well, he sounded really cool. I'll have to jumping. do the investigation while you see it all started on this podcast. I heard this song, the A-team. The next thing I know, i seen a guy flying past the window. <laughs> Somebody calls his phone, starts ringing, gets the wrong idea. I like it. <laughs> Do not try base jumping at home, people. Without a parachute. And without proper supervision. And a couple Fuck, hundred how about, how about, here, Here's one for you. How about a uh, gun-wielding cat riding unicorn with red eyes shooting flame at its nostrils? I'll fucking or fuck shark. that cat up. Yeah, add a rainbow and boom. How many Bingo. cats do you think you could fight at the same time? Yeah. What kind? Tabbies. Tabbies. <laughs> Tabbies? Tabbies. They're mean. With their tails just flipping and flopping. Are they <laughs> feral? Domestic very, or very farm? feral. They're attacking you. They have to be feral. They're not tame. Like 30. No way. 
Oh, no way. Maybe maybe 40. <laughs> I'm going to go get some feral cats, and we're going to have the <laughs> Grimerica. Oh, man, we can't Death film that. I'm going to be fucking killing cats all over the place. I think yeah. the ratings Grimerica might go like, down. Say, like, three. Three? No. Adam's got a cat three in cats? Cats? No, Look at Adam's you can fight more than three cats. There's no way Where three are we cats are taking anybody How much, down. What kind of space are we talking? Like the igloo. The igloo will take everything out? Right or here. just like this. Oh yeah, they jump and left and right off the table and hitting the mixer and it's just as a is. It's just the igloo. Okay, I'm fucking in. I'll take let's thirty twenty. Oh, now you're down ten. No, let's go thirty. <laughs> Fuck it, let's go thirty. You said thirty. I was thinking you could take forty. Get forty. Okay. Fucking crazy. Feral them up. forty crate feral tabby cats. If anybody knows where you could find forty feral spam gram. Crate them up, and you guys <laughs> just fucking spam grab. You guys just put them in a sack, dump them in, and close the door. <laughs> Shake the bag first. <laughs> <laughs> fucking see if I who comes out in a couple hours. There's a window too. You guys could watch. I'll put the GoPro in here. I'll be fine. Yeah, just uh, leave the GoPro in there, and uh, we'll just wait till Derek comes in one early morning to actually. Okay, up maybe I should have only picked in. <laughs> no, I'll be okay. I might be a little fucked up. I'm not going to say I won't be a little scratched up and bit up. A little worse for wear, maybe. But there'll be 40 <laughs> fucking dead cats in here. <laughs> you better take some allergy pills, too. The PETA people are going to be pissed. Uh, maybe we shouldn't record this. It turned out I wasn't allergic to cats. When I got my allergy test, I was allergic to pollen. Every so you were just killing them for no reason, then. <laughs> <laughs> They're feral. I like to think hey, he's got a nice first coat now. I like to think sport is a reason. <laughs> you're Indian. You're allowed to do it anyway. Is yeah, that, that works. It's if you have it's a like some sort, of grand, some sort of some sort of It's like 40, 40 cats minimum or whatever a year he's allowed or something like that. But here's the question: You you're guys normally more if you have ask, a restaurant. Right? <laughs> it is my citizen's duty to ask the question you guys normally would. Is that racist? Yeah. Well, sure. okay. well, I'm not allowed to have that many cats. That is racist, actually. Now that I think, don't be racist toward Darren. No, but it's okay. I could take it. These fuckers are on my shit. It's rented time. We'll take it. Oh, back. I got your back, there, brother. <laughs> we'll rise up. <laughs> no, I think it's okay. I think it's just that was a, pretty much like the truth. But it's not. Uh, I'm not the cat killing problem. Not like I'm killing cats all the time. I'm just going to kill them to prove a point. <laughs> and I'll sell Sorry, them. officer. I was just killing these cats <laughs> to prove a point. This, I think, and this Sasquatch. <laughs> this goes back on this guy in a guinea suit. <laughs> what does that go back to? Like the fucking 20th episode? Which one? The cat one? Yeah, yeah it goes back away. See, James knew too. He's listening. He's a, I went through yeah, it. That's good. So, Margaret, we're we're gonna have to get some more people together in Calgary and and uh, round up some cats. Yeah, round, no, and and have some meetups and stuff like that. I, I met. I just met a couple other guys that were listening to the show, and they're telling me that um, we should get together with a bunch of people. So, for sure, definitely. It's good to like all that. This whole night has been about like talking to friends that we've met on the show and stuff. It's been pretty cool. When are we going to talk about Randallsham? Graham's favorite. Graham just gave me a dirty look. <laughs> I was going to boycott Randallsham at the beginning. I was like, no talk about Randallsham Roswell or what was the other? What was the other thing? That was another blue one. balls. No, you already talked about that though. Yeah, extensively. <laughs> I believe in blue balls. I think they're real. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it's over. It's overdone oh. by a lot of young guys. They use it as an excuse. Graham's a feminist. That's okay. People, well, <laughs> look at his Mar- shorts. What does Margaret say? What, are, yeah. what does Margaret say about that? The guy, the, uh, the guys use blue balls I've, as an excuse. I've been told. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it because I'm not a dude. Yeah, she's so so old. you've heard guys say that to you before. I don't balls. <laughs> yeah, oh, you can't ask her. What do you think about blue balls? She's gonna be like, oh, "What was it myth. that? What was it that finally got you to come around to the blue balls again?" Scientific evidence. Is that what it was? Yeah, I thought it was uh, <laughs> something else. <laughs> oh, my own blue balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, did you goggle it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that had something to do with it. Take one for the team. Do they actually turn blue? Is that like no, a real thing? No, or it's no? Just a, no, it's just there's some. Sort I think of... if it's real bad, maybe they turn blue. No, I, I think that's waffles. <laughs> waffles. Oh right. make us hungry again. That's right. That is waffles. Oh, good job. <laughs> so, Margaret, do you have any uh, ideas for us in the future? Shows. Um, well, have you guys had Max Egan on? Max who? Max Egan. No, I think he's on the list. He set up the Full Circle Project. Ah, okay. You need somebody to do crop circles. (laughs) 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 How do you how do you spell his last name? Max Egan. Uh, Egan I G A N. Okay. He's the crow house on YouTube. Okay. And he does an hour show once a week. He's actually, to me, like a philosopher of our time. He's really awake and he's right on point. He really knows what's going on. Um, yeah, I definitely think you guys should try and get him on. And then I just wanted to mention, I just found out yesterday that in Vegas, in November, they're having this Red Pill Expo. It's for awake people and it should be interesting. Ooh, when is that? November in Vegas? Yeah, it's right after the elections, November 11th to 13th. Oh, fuck, no way, man. We won't be allowed in if Trump wins, though. That fucking country is going to be tearing itself apart. It should be interesting, for sure. I wonder if Red Pill can get in for free. No. Maybe. He's going to sue them. Yeah, he's going to sue them. (laughs) And his luchador mask, he'll come in and crash the party. (laughs) Kidnap everyone. Maybe he can be a speaker there. Yeah, there you go. Can you, I wonder Fine. if we can get a direct flight to Canada from Mexico. Of course he can. Where is he going to kidnap? <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, <that's okay. laughs> I have to go through the U.S. Yeah. for everything. From Mexico City, though? Yeah, yeah, probably. Calgary probably goes to Mexico City. Calgary to Mexico yeah, City. Sure, so we're going to have to wait till Valet's in Canada for him to grab him. <laughs> to grab him. <laughs> 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 He's gonna he's gonna hear this and he's gonna say Apparently wow. he's going skydiving with you. Yeah, there we go. Whether he likes it or not. Whether I like it or not. I'm always looking out the window of the plane looking for flying saucers every time. And, yeah, uh, you never seen Do you that? actually do that when you fly? Oh yeah. I do. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I remember the first few times I ever flew. I mean, I was looking out the window constantly and if if I was in a in an aisle or or you know, like an aisle or a middle seat, I'd actually ask the person you know, would you mind if I had that window seat? If you know, if you're just gonna, you know, sleep and you you can rest on my shoulder, you can drool on my shoulder all you want. I just want to look out that window. I like flying I never, over New Mexico. 
Well, see, I was probably over in New Mexico also when I saw something kind of novel. Uh, one of the few times, and actually, I'll just say before I came on this, uh, you know, anniversary episode tonight, uh, as, as Darren knows, I was above ground uh, because my studio is in a bunker, and I was above ground and I was monitoring the skies. I was just doing a little bit of sky watching uh, tonight. I observed what appears to be a bit of uh, uh, metallic debris or a possible satellite inner Earth shadow, which made There's no it such get... thing as satellites. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're all, you know, conspiracies, but. Um, I'm sorry, conspiracy theories. I didn't use the proper weaponization of the term. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll say a, a bit of metallic low-Earth orbit debris. It entered Earth's uh, shadow, and then and then I saw a couple of meteors as well. Hey, what, do you, talking, what? what do you think about all those fucking meteors people are seeing? You think something's coming in? Well, I mean, there's always something coming in. I mean, I have to say, Philip Plate, who wrote for Astronomy Magazine back a few years ago, I don't agree with all of those astronomers and skeptic types who just say that oh, we can explain all UFOs. No, you can't. By the same token, I think that maybe the majority of the good UFO reports over the years have been something that have become at times subject to psychological warfare and certain uh, mind manipulation operations by government. And a lot of people think that that just sounds like paranoia. But, I mean, really just read Greg Bishop's book, Project Beta. Read Mark Pilkington's book, Mirage Men. Uh, look at the entire uh, MJ-12 affair. I mean, what what we find from all this is that there have been more times uh, than many people are aware that the government has been more than willing to exploit uh, uh, memes or, or kind of mythologies within the UFO community uh, to the benefit of what? Probably misdirection. Yeah. From various things that we've been involved with. But that said... Um, do I think that we're seeing more meteors or anything like that? Or, I mean, are they coming in? I mean, well, on a, on a nightly basis, you can see meteors. You can see all kinds of debris, satellites, the International Space Station. I'm seeing a lot of that stuff tonight. Now, I will say that there was something unique that I'd never seen before tonight. And uh, right around the time I was texting you, Darren, uh, and trying to help you guys with your audio feed a little earlier, um, a a very quiet helicopter came into the airspace and appeared over the mountain to the north of me. Now, you got to keep in mind, let's just be clear, um, this is a flight path right over right over the Grayley Bunker. It's actually, I'm directly below a flight path for uh, Air Force traffic, which are headed usually to Fort Bragg. And I frequently see uh, two, and, and actually two days ago, I saw three Chinook helicopters all flying in formation uh, together. Um there was, and this is what's interesting to me, is that back in the 80s, there was a guy named Mike who had seen one of these big black silent triangles right over my little community, which is in East Asheville, kind of out in the country, about 12 minutes from downtown Asheville. And um, I've, I've, been, I've been very interested that I would, of all places I would choose to actually live, would find myself under a direct flight corridor of sorts you know, for military aircraft. And so I see them very frequently, and they actually, in the very literal sense, fly directly over my house. Uh, the lowest one ever flew, and it almost shook the windows. It was so low. A Chinook flew over my house tonight, and the only time I ever interviewed Joseph Farrell. So that was kind of weird. But tonight, as I was you know, listening to you guys, I was, again, above ground, and I was out in my yard walking around, and I was listening to you guys, and this uh, very dark, very quiet, it was obviously a helicopter by the, by the way that it moved and everything, but the little red beacon in the front, I'd seen this on a lot of these uh, military-style helicopters. This was the quietest helicopter I had ever seen, uh, and it moved 
extraordinarily fast for the altitude at which it was flying. And again, I think that it was more of a proximity thing because, again, an aircraft at a higher altitude further away may appear to be moving slower. This thing was booking it, which, again, said a lot more about the altitude. But at that low altitude, I was amazed at how little I actually heard. So this was a very quiet black helicopter with this red beacon on the front, not unlike other helicopters I've seen in the past. But, I mean, I have to say... I've never seen one at night when I've been out stargazing as frequently as I do this. Cold weather, warm weather, I'm always outside. I'm always watching for meteors, satellites, International Space Station, all kinds of stuff. I have a nice telescope. I frequently stargaze. This is the first time I've seen one of these extremely quiet helicopters at a low altitude come along, and I was kind of watching it going, and I don't know, but Darren, I may have even texted you and said I'm watching a weird aircraft right now. Did I send you a text about it? You sent me a text that said... I've seen one of those, too. Have you? Yeah, and they they're just when they fly by, they're just like. Is it, it is it one of those stealth ones, or is yeah, it? Yeah, and I think that red light that case you can see it kind of underneath. I think it's their FLIR, like their night vision stuff, because they were looking for a guy when we were out one day, and he was just ripping around. That thing like was that so hot too. Well, this know, this, this there there was no identifying headlights apart from this red light, but the yeah. red light seemed to definitely be a beacon. And on a lot of military hair, uh, uh, aircraft I've seen at night, helicopters at least. It's always the case where there's that that bright red beacon on the front, uh, as opposed to like Mama, which is the helicopter here that Mission Hospital in Asheville operates for search and rescue and things like that. Um, but I, I, I tell you, any other time a helicopter flies overhead, you hear it from miles away. Well, you know, Micah, I, this isn't a firsthand experience for me, but my ex-fiance told me a story when she was, I don't know, had to have been early 2000s. Um, her boyfriend at the time, her dad was like, uh, his dad was a gun nut. And they were sitting outside um, on, I don't know, just in lawn chairs. And they said they felt a breeze pick up and they looked up and there was a helicopter hovering about 50 feet above them. And as soon as they looked up, the helicopter just took off. Interesting. So, yeah, that was, I heard that back and she told me that. And that's why I always like kind of understood that we probably had stealth helicopter technology. Now, I don't know what they were doing out there, you know, focusing on him. He was kind of a... Uh, I don't want to call a prepper type, but he was significantly armed. So I, I could see there being interest from somebody in him. But That's really interesting, though, Adam, because, I mean, that's kind of like this helicopter. I'm not trying to say there was something weird, something otherworldly, something conspiratorial. I'm just saying this was obviously a helicopter. Uh, but uh, I was just amazed at how little noise this helicopter made. Um, well, I remember, you know, probably, I don't know, watching some of the aviation shows in the uh, mid-2000s where they actually had, you know, like uh, Cobra helicopters that had active noise cancellation. So you'd see like above the helicopter blades, you'd see this like little domular thing that was putting out noise cancellating sound. And I know they made some pretty significant advances in the way that blades actually chop through the air to make them a lot quieter and, you know, changing materials. So they're made out of carbon graphite and different composites. Right. And that would have to be what we're what we were observing here. Well, actually, yeah, and you know what, too, and I, you know, um, I don't know if you could see the rotors at all, but I know that what NASA was doing, geez, maybe ten years ago, they had a helicopter that they were talking about selling to like police departments. It didn't have a tail rotor because it was a compact helicopter that had dual rotors that rotated in both directions, so it's supposed to be significantly quieter, so that. If it was, say, up like, you know, at altitude two, three hundred feet looking for somebody, you wouldn't be able to hear it on the ground. So you'd be easier to, you know, follow a person on foot. Interesting. Oh, OK. OK. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, interesting. And I, I'm certainly aware of, you know, the data that relates to noise cancellation technologies used in conjunction with such aircraft. 
Uh, but uh, again, I would never take for granted that there are new innovations that are occurring virtually all the time and that uh, we have to take into consideration that uh, the kinds of things that we can read about maybe aren't always the kinds of things that, uh, that closely match what we actually see in the skies above us, which in the broader sense of the quote-unquote UFO phenomenon, I'm sure uh, has done a lot uh, to uh, to contribute to the confusion about things that are seen in the skies from time well, to time. Well, and at the, at the same time, it's also a good marker because you can look at back in the 70s what types of aircraft were being seen, and then you can go, okay, well, there was a U-2, there was the SR-71 Blackbird, and then you can kind of correlate what those look like. So you do get a little bit of an extrapolation on, you know, what you might be looking for in the future. So I, I do think it kind of helps us to look back at the past of what's been seen and, you know, likely misinterpreted. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure the people that saw the stealth bombers flying around and stuff thought they were UFOs. Yeah, well, from a certain angle, they absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the like the big answer for the big ass skeptics is, oh, they're all just those types of aircraft, and I, I buy it for some cases, but I don't buy it for the whole thing. Like all the Hudson Valley flap and all that other stuff, the big triangles they were seeing back then wasn't all just B two and stealth. No, especially Graham. if they're not moving and they're just floating there. Oh. Well, and look I, at it this way. I mean, oh. clearly we know that the government has aircraft that we don't know about, right? So yeah. if you just assume that they've flown over a populated area, they're going to see. So some of the reports have to be associated with a strange flying craft. But that's not de facto a reason to throw them all together. Sure. And by the way, I was just going to mess with you, Graham, because actually I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. But uh, there, there was that instance at the uh, Second Paradigm Symposium where we met Adam for the first time, by the way. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, PZ Myers had uh, made a comment about, uh, I, I think it was the uh, Gulf Breeze uh, sightings or something like that. And I'd said that I agreed with, with him in the sense that I think a lot of this was misperception by, uh, you know, ground observers. But, um, and, and I think you had asked me, Graham, uh, well, do you agree with, with PZ that this is all just a psychological phenomenon? And I said, well, no, I don't agree with that. Um more and more, I got to tell you, I, I don't think I can really truly, <laughs> and maybe the skeptics feel like they've lost one. Actually, maybe they they feel better for it because they never seem to have very uh, much cared for me in uh, in, in <clears> the <throat> sense of what I have called skepticism. So, you know, again, if you don't fall lockstep with them in their ideology, they they aren't going to accept you anyway. So, <laughs> big loss. But less and less as time goes on, do I actually feel like I can identify with modern skeptics? No, you're not and, part of the cult. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That very dogmatic. Yeah, see, and Adam and I had a good talk about this on Friends to Know recently. But I'll tell you this: we had actually we did a whole segment talking about this on his podcast. But um, coming back to what Graham was saying about these triangle sightings, guys, I can name numerous instances. I mean, first of all, let's let's start within the 1990s. These triangles that were seen over Belgium. It seems obvious that rather than being able to do these, you know, very bizarre maneuvers. That what we're dealing with is actually not an aircraft that's you know ascending to an incredible altitude and then descending and then shooting off you know at forty four thousand miles an hour. It's radar jamming technology, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an aircraft that's capable of jamming radars. And that's the whole thing is that whatever these aircraft are doing, they're capable of some pretty extravagant aerial maneuverability. But they, in addition to that maneuverability. They are also obviously capable of jamming certain radar systems in a way that makes them more difficult to track and gives them the appearance on radar of 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 behaving almost erratically. And I actually think that really that radar jamming or the or the what what we call ghost 
uh, radar ghosts. Uh, that technology goes back at least to the 1950s. In likelihood, the famous UFO incident over Washington, D.C. was one of these instances where radar sy- systems were being tested by creating the apparent presence of an aircraft that was not there at all, which seemed to have incredible mobility, several of them, in fact. There probably weren't any aircraft at all in that instance. Mark Pil- Pilkington, in his book Mirage Men, talks about that in depth, um, and a number of other people have, have suggested this kind of a thing over the years. But what happens when you actually have an aircraft and that same sort of a jamming capability is being executed by the aircraft. It gives the apparent presence of an aircraft that is capable of incredible, even exotic, seemingly exotic maneuverability, when in fact it may not have to have that. It may just be able to be go, you know, going dark. Now, granted, there are also uh, some witness uh, instances where people see these triangle craft going very slowly, and then they suddenly accelerate very quickly, and they move a great distance, no sound. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they don't have certain maneuvering capabilities that are not uh, common among other aircraft. But again, jumping forward from the 1990s and the famous Belgian Triangle Wave, in which numerous individuals, including police officers uh, you know, and, and, and certain officials, claimed that they had actually seen this aircraft flying, and sometimes at low altitude. We have in 2000 uh, the uh, St. Clair County, Illinois incident where a numerous uh, police officers across multiple uh, different uh, uh, municipalities and different police departments all saw one of these damn things. Yeah. I mean, it was big. It was moving slowly. One of them even took a photograph of it. Brian Dunning, the skeptic, okay, of Skeptoid podcast, said very simply this is a, you know, an airship from the American Airship Company. They even said it was probably one of their ships. It was, according to Dunning, some sort of a uh, a VIP tour that they were giving. There was no record ever offered by the American Airship Company that conclusively linked the ship that was seen that night to one of their blimps. None of the men described a conventional blimp. They all said it had a distinct leading edge. It was a triangle-shaped object. Um, There was also, of course, the fact that there was never an explanation given for who or why any VIP tour was being given at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Very odd time to be giving a VIP tour to somebody. Um, And then there were the independent verifications outside of those in law enforcement who claimed that they saw a house-sized object. Only one individual described it looking kind of rectangular and like a house. It could have very well been the angle at which he observed it. Virtually everyone else from the different municipal uh, police departments described a large triangle with a distinct leading edge. Then we have the Phoenix Lights case. Of course, people have continued to say that that was all just flares. Well, you know, there was a Freedom of Information Act request filed last October by a young man named Sam uh, Richards. Sam Richards, uh, who is a Minneapolis-based independent journalist, contacted me directly and showed me the FOIA, which he actually retrieved as a result of his inquiries to the U.S. Air Force and asked during an entire range of dates within which the Phoenix incident fell if there were any A-10 warthogs, which were the alleged craft that were operating at that time, he filed an FOIA asking if any had been operating over the Barry Goldwater range at that time, and they replied and said none of their records indicated that. Uh, Mark Brady, one of my Grayley and Daily Newsies, he and his wife on the night in question said that they saw the three distinct points of light that formed the triangle pass slowly over their house. It was roughly the size of a football field. He said, we watched it. It was just after 8 p.m. It was dark outside. Couldn't see anything but the three points of light but that quite obviously they were moving, and whatever this was, it seemed to indicate it was a larger aircraft and that whatever this thing was passed through Sky Harbor's airspace, and there was never any indication that they were actually aware of this or or rattled by it. 
Uh, you know, in modern times, in the last few weeks, there was a MUFON case report that indicated another of these triangles that was seen over Illinois. Uh, just, I think, four days ago, we had a case in which a video, a piece of footage shot from a smartphone by a motorist in Florida actually captured what appears to be one of these triangular-shaped uh, aircraft as he's driving along. He described it as being uh, saucer-shaped or circular, but again, he's driving and trying to film this thing. The video, when analyzed, clearly shows a triangle-shaped object. I've gathered, as I've mentioned earlier, reports from people who have seen these things right over Asheville. I have discussed with an individual who had gone to the famous Brown Mountain viewing spot, uh, which is actually more specifically had been the uh, Linville Gorge uh, Overlook, uh, which is called Wiseman's View. He said he was there looking for the Brown Mountain Light sometime in the 1980s and observed one of these uh, objects, a big black triangle. And finally, and I could go on and on and on, as you can tell, because I've got countless emails that have been sent to me over the years by people who have seen these things flying slowly at low altitude and very silently. But I'll tell you this. Uh, there is, if you go to the website of the Federation of American Scientists, a page actually an entire series of pages within a portion of the site called uh, and dedicated to mystery aircraft in which the Federation of American Scientists okay, also talk about a mystery aircraft of very novel design that began to appear over California and other parts of the United States in the 1980s, which seems to be a large black triangle capable of doing very strange maneuverability, and turning, including turning on angles and turning nose up and heading straight up into the sky, and doing all kinds of bizarre stuff, the likes of which Tom DeLong, former Blink-182 guitar player, talks about in his new book, Secret Machines. And in that book, they call these things locusts. Now, you know, that last little bit's fiction, but when you got the Federation of American Scientists, when you've got the Belgian military, when you've got police departments in Illinois, you know, when you've got motorists in Florida capturing these things on film, I'm sorry, when the skeptics say it's the American airship company operating VIP tours at 4 a.m., bullshit. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> there's something going on. These aircraft are actually out there. These things are in operation in our airspace, and we don't have any good conclusive explanation for who they are, what they are, or what they're doing. But and, they're here. Yeah, and all that stuff you just rattled off is just ignored by the skeptical community. You know, like this is just never going to be good enough for them. I would debate any skeptic on this. I'm sure that they have already made up their minds. Like Stanton Freeman always says, don't bother me with the facts. My mind is made up. Yeah, exactly. But look, I would debate any skeptic about the black triangles because I'm going to tell you, I don't think they're alien. I think they're obviously some sort of, if it's not the Pentagon or if it's not DARPA, you know, Department of Defense, somebody's operating these things in our airspace. I have yeah. spoken to former U.S. Air Force officers who have said these things have come into our base, flown at low altitude. We all watched these things. Alerts were raised. The thing just cruises right through and takes off. And we're all kind of left going, what the hell? Who was that? And, yeah. our, and our superior officers say, don't say anything about this. I'll debate any skeptic. I mean, I'm telling you, the evidence is overwhelming. Well said. <laughs> nice. Well said. Yeah, yeah. Margaret, Margaret, are you still there? I'm here. That's great. I wanted to get you a chance, get a chance for you to pipe in there before we start wrapping this up. You've had, you've, had a, you've had a few <laughs> sightings yourself, so it must be interesting for you to listen to this conversation live. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I've even seen the big triangle. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, I actually saw it go basically really fast. It was super high above, and it it was blocking out stars and stuff. And it goes over the horizon, and then literally hmm, a couple seconds later, comes back over the horizon, but it's still going the same, like it's still in the same direction. So 
all of a sudden it's going backwards. It was really weird. Was there any sound? Oh, no, it was so high above me, and it was going really fast. Like, yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting is that they everybody back in the 50s and 60s saw saucers, and now everybody's seeing triangles. So let's say if you do believe in the alien hypothesis, did they just maybe upgrade their aircraft? Or is it military that's hiding it? Because either way, they're not going to admit it. If it's military, they're not going to say, yeah, it's ours. And if it's not military and it's alien, they're not going to say, you know, anything either because then they can't stop it. So, you know, is it, it could be alien or not? How, how do you know, right? You can't eliminate it. You can't. Food for thought. Yeah. I agree. Because if there was things like, if the military had craft like that, that could fly around, it'd be completely silent there'd probably be reports already. Like, they'd have to be flying them around Iraq or wherever. You no, know, not like, necessarily. They could just keep why it... Why they keep use it? Because uh, it's for the secret space program. <laughs> to do what? <laughs> Fight aliens. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, if you're going to just go fly around on top of Phoenix and spook everybody and, like, show your spaceship to 25,000 people, yeah. and you're the military doing this, there's no way they would do that. Well, I don't think it's the military. I, th I think it's, like, more of a private semi-military or... I think it's just in the private sector now. Like the people that are flying this, I think it's. I don't think it's part of the government, like the U.S. government. But why would you show that off to everybody? Well, why couldn't it be both? Maybe there is something that we don't understand that's invading or doing something. And you know, to me, the best defense would be to put up your own, you know, flying defense system. So maybe we're just, you know, having things up there that are visible while we're trying to keep visualization on the other or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point too. I just think that there's too many military guys out there that would they had it would have had to have leaked by now. You know, like some guy would have been on some mission on one of these triangles because there's if they're that big, there's going to be a lot of guys working it. You know, like think of well, how, how many guys are in a submarine, and it's not even like a quarter of the size of these triangles that they see. Maybe but, unless it's like a giant drone and it's only controlled by you know one room somewhere. Well, yeah. Or, or again, based on the size of these things, there's only one other aircraft I can think of that's roughly the same inflatable. size as these things are, are described. What, what was it? It's inflatable. Yeah, exactly. A stealth blimp. I mean, blimp. again, the airline, those things, those things are roughly the size of a football field, but the actual controllable area on board those craft, the gondola, are much smaller. I mean, if these are some sort of a platform blimp, and actually what's interesting is when you dig into all this, uh, there, there were a number of articles that appeared, I believe, in Aviation Weekly starting back in the 1980s talking about America's new stealth blimp. But even apart from those, there were speculative articles about what the U.S. Air Force and other agencies might utilize for being able to transport a lot of, of, of equipment over a long distance in a short amount of time, which I really, rather than utilizing several trips, if they can use a single aircraft that's capable of flying stealth, thus not compromising the load, moving quickly, silently, maybe at low altitude, which keeps them off radar. Well, you know, another thought too, what I saw here, I don't know, I think I sent you a picture here maybe a month ago, Micah. I was going to work and along the beach, there was a U.S. Navy uh, blimp going about 35 miles an hour ah, just yeah, along okay. the coast and it had a big radar array up on top of it and it was just cruising along the coast. Yeah, but that's not going to explain the speed oh, that no, they're no, seeing no, these no. triangles, though, you know? No, 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 it wouldn't explain it. But, I mean, just the idea that you have a blimp patrolling with radar facing outward. You know, if I was maybe wanting to put some sophisticated uh, monitoring equipment onto something, a blimp would be a good platform for it. Yeah, exactly. I think that the point we're, that we're all trying to make is that 
Based on the size and the characteristics of the mode of flight, it seems likely that whatever these triangles are, are some sort of, again, to borrow terminology that's been used in other aerospace uh, technological assessments and research papers, a quote-unquote stealth or platform blimp. So that, that would be my best guess, which would be, you know, the purpose of this would be, some have talked about this for photographic uh, reconnaissance, and also to aid other aircraft in various kind of missions in which they provide uh, visuals for aircraft that would be utilized for more defensive purposes. But I would actually say that these things would would obviously have other benefits that might include uh, carrying, again, a large uh, amount of, of rations, equipment, anything along those lines. They don't seem to they don't seem to possess some sort of a defensive purpose, but they do seem to fly along nor, uh, known corridors. Uh, the the uh, National Institute of Discovery Science, uh, headed by Robert Bigelow back in 2000, looked into the St. Clair County uh, case that the police officers had discussed, and uh, they had found that uh, numerous other reports of these things seemed to follow these uh, flight corridors that are utilized by the U.S. military and the U.S. Air Force. And I'll just point this out. One of the best reports I've come across uh, occurred, and I've got audio of this, where a person called into a live radio show that I was uh, filling in on and hosting years ago here in Asheville, North Carolina. And a guy called in and told the story about how he and his cousin back in the 80s saw one of the things. He went and grabbed his hunting rifle because, not to shoot, he had he had the scope on it and he wanted to look at the thing through the scope. But he got a very good look at it and it flew directly over East Asheville. Well, I live in East Asheville and I told you earlier I see these Chinook helicopters we have a lot of military aircraft that fly directly over this area, and, I mean, this thing was flying in that same flight corridor. So there is at least a strong case, I think, to be made. And what I'm describing matches what the National Institute of Discovery Sciences found back in the early 2000s just as well. These things seem to follow the same sort of corridors, flight paths, used by military aircraft, which seems to present a strong case that they, too, are of some variety of military craft. Now, is that only in the U.S.? Like it would be a U.S. type of platform? Now, that's what's funny. That can only be applied to the U.S. because if these things are seen flying elsewhere, obviously they're flying outside of U.S. airspace, and that's a whole different situation. But with the Belgian Triangle case and with other instances, we do seem to have. I actually have one report from a gentleman, a young man who was studying physics, and he had been he'd spent a year uh, studying abroad in China. And I won't ramble all night, but maybe I'll just tell you this last story. He observed one of these things for close to forty-five minutes over Beijing, China. Uh, prob probably in about 2010 or 11, he said that he watched it move very slowly for years, and then he said, or not years, but for, for almost 45 minutes, and then all of a sudden he said that the thing zipped incredibly fast to the left, then to the right, covering what appeared to be the entire um, horizon. And then he said that it took off so quickly that he said that it left a, a, a faint kind of an appearance of a light behind it that he said as it took off and followed the horizon, he said that you could see the light bending in accordance with the curvature of the earth as it followed the actual curvature of the earth taking off. And so he said it's terrifying. So bad. Yeah. And he was so terrified, he said he didn't even want to talk about it. And it took a lot of coaxing to get him to discuss that. But uh, that was over China. So, I mean, these things do appear to appear in airspace over other countries. Well, I was going to say that then leads credence to the fact that they have some very sophisticated equipment because obviously they're thwarting, you know, uh, militaries. It's the New World Order's gear. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to probably get into that at another time as we approach the four-hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for everybody's <laughs> input and thanks for coming on and helping us helping us out. Enjoy Buy this our uh, new computer. Yeah, and the three year happy anniversary, guys. Three years. Thank thanks. you so much for the show, guys. Hey, no problem. Yeah, hope you have three more. Love this sure. is the last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I know his technique, by the way. I understand what he's doing. Yes. I'm so sad to hear you guys go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll have to do this again another year down the road. Yeah, for sure. Or at Christmas again. Yeah. Yeah, the Christmas show was good. That was fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.